0: Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now.
1: Two minutes and 17 seconds after the hour of five in this, the month of May, the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet notably ostentatious studios of Rock 101, KUFO, in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. A good morning to you. It is Friday, and welcome to Day 12. This is the uh, Rick Emerson Show. 503-228-4101. If you would like to join us today on this Friday, May 22nd, 2009. You can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah with an H at kufo.com. Tim at kufo.com. Or Nibbler, N-I-B-L-E-R at kufo.com. Oh, I what is already- Sarah with an H, a Hera? No. It- yeah. <laughs> yes. Actually, be be Sarah. Um, I'm just wondering, what does that mean? It means... Look, I know I use a lot of lingo sometimes, but it seems like some of these are self-explanatory. Sarah with an H means... Sarah, why don't you take this? Well,
2: because there are Sarahs with Hs at the end and Sarahs with no Hs at the end.
1: Oh. <laughs> so you have one of the fancy ones.
2: I do indeed.
1: It's like Tim with an M. Otherwise, it'd just be... T- Moving on. 503-228-4101. Oh, 4- there was your question with... Here's the thing. It's just, just now... I wondered if you were referencing something really obscure, and it was like a joke that I wasn't getting somehow.
3: It was not a joke. It, it was a serious <laughs> inquiry. Have you never seen Sarah spell with an H at the end? I did, but I, that's the first time I ever... Well, I don't listen to you that much. When you open the show. <laughs> but but today I, I am. I see. And I've heard it for the first time. So normally I'm
1: just sort of a background whirring, like that of a fan that's running in the back of a room during the summer. They
3: usually like, catch on by the second or third sentence. Uh-huh.
1: What? Nothing. Oh, I see. All right. Gonna be one of those days is it? that's fine. Rick Emerson can play your game, Tim Riley all right uh what is coming up uh, today uh, hey so here's the big thing for today we're gonna be talking to um're gonna be talking to uh, uh G Joseph McGinty McNichol, or McNicholson or whatever his name is uh, but the director known as McGee the guy who directed Terminator uh, Salvation Terminator 4 which opens today also Charlie's Angels also the pretty fly for a white guy video about which I will speak extensively. Uh, McG is going to be coming up at 6 o'clock today. The 6 o'clock hour at 6, what, 6.40, I believe, we'll be talking to McG. Uh, today at 7.40, we will have Mystery Guest Part 2. So this is not going to be the same Mystery Guest uh, that I spoke with before. It's not going to be the woman who traveled across the country in a motorhome. I do believe we came to the conclusion, and I agree with this assessment, that the last time we did Mystery Guest, which I think was on Wednesday, that I actually had too much information and too much lead time. So I think for this guest, I will be given, how much time am I going to be given?
2: Um, well, now the phone's work, so the guests can actually hear us talking, so we'll probably only have about 20 seconds.
1: So Greg will have to distract uh, he or she. While you are prepping me, yes. So, am I going to be given less time to prepare, or less information about the mystery guest, or both?
2: A little bit of both. All right. I'd say I'm not going to give you the pay- the book this time, so you can have already the pre prepared questions. All right.
1: So, uh, all right. So, mystery guest coming up uh, today at 7:40 at eight o'clock. Aaron Geek in the City Duran will be here to review uh, Terminator Four: Salvation, as well as to count down the top five crazy robot films. Uh, that is coming up today with uh, Aaron Geek in the city Duran. Okay, I did. It's not Mick Nickel, it's just Nickel. Uh, the director, McGee, his name is Joseph McGinty Nickel. No, Mick Nickel is like. Jimmy He's no Mick relation Nickel. to Christy McNickel. No, he is not. Well, in a way, we're all related to Christy McNickel, Tim. Christy McNickleton is, by the way, going to be uh, the name of my Dickensian character that I create for my off Broadway production that I do someday. And this is all true. Uh, we have a, a penis watch coming up today. Uh, we have, uh, I think, more news on that Scorsese film about Frank Sinatra. Uh, so I guess, I don't know that, I don't think he's actually even started, I don't know if it's in pre-production, I don't even, so I don't think it's been cast. But I think he started sort of talking about who he wants in the various roles. So Scorsese, uh, there's an article on the Sunday where Scorsese's talking about who he wants to play uh, Frank Sinatra. So we'll get to that. Uh, let's see, two other little small bits of business here. Uh, Today, and I keep thinking it was the final copy, but it wasn't. Uh, Today, though, is the final set of those Max Flasher Superman DVDs. Final copies of those today. Uh, The Max Flasher Superman collection from 1941-1942. It is the definitive Superman uh, collection in many ways. It is from the Warner Brothers vault, remastered, and uh, cleaned up a two-disc collection on DVD. And last but not least, don't forget to go to com right now. You go right to the middle of the page. Go to KUFO.com. Scroll down halfway through. You look right in the middle. You look for the Land of the Lost banner. Click on that. You write your own 60-second Land of the Lost script. You have anything. Doesn't, anything can take place. It can feature any sort of a, a plot. Doesn't matter. But it's got to be a 60-second Land of the Lost script. That's about 120 words, give or take. Uh, the five best submissions not only win passes to the movie on June 2nd, but you have your script performed uh, next week by us, the cast and crew of The Rick Emerson Show.
2: Really? Uh, yes. <laughs> Woo.
1: I'm proud to say that I came up with this idea, by the way. This, uh, this contest was actually my creation. So that is uh, next week. at uh, The cast well, of the Rick Emerson show. Tim and I. That's what I do. Well, you know, people don't get to hear Master Thespian Tim Riley uh, quite often enough, applying his trade. You know, I didn't know it
3: till I heard on the promo on state on some radio station last night. On some radio station, yes. Was was couple promoting it? I don't know. Yes. Anywho, no, but I'm thrilled to be included. It's uh, no, it'll be uh, it'll be pretty I great. Feel like
1: and Carl Castle. I, I and I'm I have to say that it, that Land of the Lost film. I just, I, I'm, it's, it's like a total blank slate for me. I just have no, I have no, I have no sense what it's going to be like. I mean, Will Ferrell's in it, so it's going to be, I mean, it's going to have some comedy, but of course the original series has some comedy in it as well. I'm just, it, I'm just, uh, I have no expectations of it one way or the other. I just, I, I, I can't quite get a feel for what the movie's going to be. But in any event, we're going to be doing the premiere uh, on June 2nd, and you can be at that. You go to KUFO.com, click on the Land of the Lost banner, submit your 60-second Land of the Lost uh, script. Hey speaking of uh banners and things you can find online I don't know if they're up yet but there's undoubtedly going to be many 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 awkward photographs of me in my pajamas having lunch yesterday with Sarah, Greg, Susan Reynolds and then all the fine folks who were on our Sleep Country bowling team. Uh so uh, we'll talk more about my uh my sleepwear uh in in just a uh, just a short while.
2: Yeah that was Kind of amazing.
1: It was pretty great, actually. First of all, I have to say that not uh, like
2: your pajamas, but the people and the food.
1: That was that was great. My pajamas were less than great. Uh, they were. It wasn't that they were awful as such. It was that the, at one point I had I was wearing uh, pajamas that had teddy bears up top and then down below. It was like pajamas that had a sort of a Christmas theme, and then at some point about halfway through the lunch. I somehow ended up in a pair of different pajamas that had the KISS logo all over them. It was all just very strange. Uh,
3: Tim Riley, what news are we uh, following on this Friday morning? Well, I have dozens and dozens of stories here. Uh, First of all, a Happy Valley Man has been charged with robbing a Milwaukee gas station with a squirt gun. Budget problems could force all public school employees to take five unpaid days. Portland police think that woman shot in the drive-by Northeast 102nd was especially targeted for it. And a federal way exterminated could be charged with the poisoning death of his wife. Oh, well, okay. It's
1: 503-228-4101. And uh, coming up here in just a uh, skosh, we will talk to CNN radio correspondent Jim Roop from Los Angeles, as well as more news from Tim Riley later on today. We will talk to McGee, the director of Terminator 4, Salvation. It's all on the way. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101, K-U-F-O. Now broadcasting everywhere.
0: At all times. To everyone. In accordance with prophecy.
4: The Rick Emerson Show. Live or via podcast at KUFO.com.
1: It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO Friday morning. Coming up later on this hour, we'll talk to Cena radio correspondent James Roop, who has terrible, depressing news about your holiday commute. So be looking forward to that. Uh, later on, we'll talk to Mick G., the director of Terminator Salvation, and Aaron Geek and the City Duran will review uh, the aforementioned Terminator film. At the news desk, it's your personal savior,
3: Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. A man has been hurt following an explosion at a Vancouver 76 station. The man was doing some maintenance when he accidentally ignited an explosion and blew out a wall. He's been taken to a manual. not seriously injured. A happy valley man has been charged with robbing a Milwaukee gas station with a squirt gun. Clackamas County K-9 Nero found 24-year-old John Herman hiding in a shopping cart in the Winko parking lot. <laughs> I'm sorry. sorry. Does not all seem to go together. Sir, squirt cause... gun Winko shopping cart.
1: Wait, how could you even hide Clackamas inside a shopping cart?
3: The shopping cart is full of holes. We can see you in it. I th- think Winko usually has bigger shopping carts in most places. Well, they would people make bigger purchases. They would have to. Mm-hmm. Yes,
1: uh, but I mean, is this some revolutionary new kind of shopping cart that comes with a Romulan cloaking device? I mean, it's a shopping cart, right? It's got, mm-hmm. it's just made of like metal mesh. We can see you inside there. I mean, I guess we should thank God for the stupidity of criminals. But honestly, and with a squirt gun, is it possible that this criminal was uh, not all there uh, in a mental sense, Tim? I, I
3: suppose so. I mean... A- and did the attendant know that he was being robbed with a squirt gun? I would
1: think he would almost have to at this point, because didn't they have that law now that the, the, the toy guns have all got to be, like, bright pink or mm-hmm. something? So, all right. Well, sometimes those things just work themselves out. Here's Tim Riley.
3: Portland Police looking for a woman last heard from last Friday. 30-year-old Julianne Johnson co-family member sounding upset, saying one or more of people was bothering or following her. She told them that uh, she would step into a bar and call them, in a few minutes. Well, she never called back. Uh, she's an attractive woman, about five foot six, 200 pounds, strawberry blonde hair, with a large tattoo of a skull on her upper arm. That is attractive, Tim. Mm-hmm. To many people, I suppose. Uh, a federal way exterminator could be charged with the poisoning death of his wife. The medical examiner found Kathy Schlock and lethal uh, levels of poison in her. Spokane police say a teenager sent a man on fire who refused to buy him beer. John Palmer is charged with attempted first-degree murder. He claims the victim stole the beer money and made racist comments toward him.
1: Wait, 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 hold on. So he, so the teenager asks the guy to buy beer. Yes. The guy says no. Right. But
3: then the teenager steals, what, steals the guy's cash and then sets him ablaze. No, no, he claims that he stole his beer money and made racist comments toward him. Oh, oh, all right, okay. He set him on fire.
1: Ah, uh, so the kid—the kid claims it was self-defense that he set the guy on fire. Right. All right. That—that that seems unbelievable. But I mean, just in my assessment, I mean, who knows? Perhaps a jury will—will uh, will decide differently. Here's Tim Ryan. Uh,
3: I guess people enjoy playing with fire in Washington State. Uh, they really.
1: I was going to say, isn't that like the ninth? story? You know, what we have a lot of lately. We have two things. Uh, we have a lot of fire stories, and we mm-hmm. have a lot of stories involving mm-hmm. feces. Because again, today there's a story we have today. That sounds so much like a story we had yesterday, and I actually had to go online to to Google News and double-check to make sure that it was not the same story. Or, like, sometimes the other thing you see in Google News is like a retelling of a same story, where they just focus on different facts. And so you can—it might appear to the casual observer like it's two different tales. This is, in fact, an entirely separate report with many of the same component parts.
3: Then there's the mystery substance. Residents of a Clark County neighborhood are wondering, what exactly is that dark, gooey substance? That's splattering their homes, garages, and cars. The local health department is trying to analyze the mysterious substance, but says the process could be quite expensive. Residents have no idea what it could be. Some describe it as just gross. Others speculate it might be human waste from an airplane. Where is this happening? Clark County. (laughs) Could
1: be in a number of things, I suppose.
3: So it's at the Clark County Goo Festival <laughs> <laughs> to, to, uh, to coincide with the, the Rose Festival. They're a little bit jealous because they don't have a big tourist event going on there.
1: Everybody, welcome to the Clark County Festival of Schmutz. That's fantastic. All right, there you go. So if you wake up and you find your home, you may find your home splattered in goo. You may ask yourself, why so much feces?
3: I'm sorry. Here's Tim. The TSA is abandoning a $36 million airport screening program designed to foil terrorists by shooting blasts of air at passengers and sniffing for explosive particles to from skin and clothing. The TSA bought the 207 puffer machines for $30 million <laughs> from GE. Scam. <coughs> General Electric. But halted deployment of the detectors in mid-2006 because they were too slow that... That air blast is too slow for my taste. They're unreliable and expensive to operate. Hey, can we uh, can we cue up a, a morning sh- uh, show like a like a, a rim shot or a, a laughing uh, effect or oh, something? Oh, I believe
2: we could. All
3: right. The devices got clogged by dust and confused by humidity and jet fuel fl- fumes, increasing operating costs. How is this possible? Do as much as. 48000 to $150,000 per machine. I have no idea. They're air. How expensive is air? So this is the... What is this machine, Tim? This is the uh, puffer machine. Hey, on
1: the other hand, the good news is we did find out that none of the terrorists have glaucoma, though. <laughs> 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 Ophthalmology!
3: Speaking of the terrorists... President Obama said the U.S. went off course after the 9 11 terrorist attacks, especially with that interrogation that Dick Cheney loved so much. The decisions that were made over the last eight years established an ad hoc legal approach for fighting terrorism that was neither effective nor sustainable, a framework that failed to use our values as a compass. Boy, Meanwhile, the gargoyle at the door. <laughs> I was
1: I was just going to say, I was watching the CNN last night. Boy, Dick Cheney, who I do love in a horrible sort of way. Here's the thing. The difference me between Dick Cheney and George W. Bush is that George W. I don't share the assessment of many people that George Bush is somehow evil or that, you know, he's worse than Hitler. I mean, he just seems to be a bit of a, a bit of a. Bit of a rube. He just he just he just isn't that bright.
3: I mean, that's he's used to somebody else taking care of the dirty work, so he can put yeah. his feet up on the desk.
1: I got even clear some brush. I mean, that's the thing with the W. Like, I don't. To me, it's just like it, it, I'm not saying he's not uh, not amusing. He certainly is, uh, usually inadvertently so. Um, I don't share the assessment that George Bush is somehow evil. Dick Cheney, he's actively evil. But the thing, he, but he's just like so, uh, like he just loves it. You can tell that he just is full of hate. Uh, like, if you were to open him, up like some sort of He'd be like a sort of, like a black-souled Whitman sampler of hate inside, where there's just all kinds of different Like he would pockets. open the hate festival. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I want to welcome you on to the uh, Clark County Hate Festival, and uh, I'm going to cut off your toes one by one. Um, uh, so I saw him speaking yesterday, and it must just chap his hide uh, that that he's no longer in office. I think that's the thing. He must just miss having like an executive stapler or whatever, because Obama is speaking... Uh, and when Obama uh, is talking, he's speaking at the National Archives and he's standing in front of a copy of the original Bill of Rights and he's standing in front of an original copy of the Declaration of Independence. And then Dick Cheney's at like a travel lodge, uh, he's like, like like one of those banquet halls uh, you can rent where they've got like the sterno flame underneath like the bad chicken that's just broiling all day. And he must just it must just infuriate him that he's no longer in office. And I get the sense that he's just one one bad day away from just getting his own army, and just laying siege to the White House. That's just my read on it.
3: So here he is. In my long experience in Washington,
5: few matters have inspired so much contrived indignation and phony moralizing as the interrogation methods applied to a few captured terrorists. Yeah.
3: Leave me alone.
5: From the beginning of the program, there was only one focused and all important purpose. We sought and we, in fact, obtained specific
1: information on terrorist plans. I'm sorry. Uh, I hate to. The, the, Sarah, what is it? Uh, can you ask uh, Greg the, the business with the warm line? If that who who that might be. So there's somebody on hold there. I just wanted to. I he wanna looks make, confused. Okay, I just want to make sure that it's not somebody I'm supposed to be picking up. All right, well, picking we'll, up. Uh, you know that I'm not supposed to be picking the phone line. The, the warm. That's
2: not, that's not the warm line. That's the 800 number.
1: Is it the 800 number? Uh huh. Oh, it says hotline on my phone. Oh. Oh, is wrong. that wrong?
2: <laughs> Are the labels on my phone incorrect? Yes.
1: All right. Well, never mind then. No, I'm Sorry about that. You just go about your business. Uh, so the other thing about Dick Cheney is he had this great line. I mean, I just don't know what his deal is. I, what do you suppose? I, like, I just immediately discount that it could actually be, you know, his concern for his country.
3: There's very little for him to do. He could be like a Walmart greeter, but th- that, I wanna, that might not give him <laughs> as much personal pride as his old job.
1: I just love the idea of Dick Cheney d- 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 doing some sort of uh, just like a run-of-the-mill entry-level job. Welcome to Walmart. I'm going to cut out your spine. Uh the um and the thing about Dick Cheney... Come Chene- talk to me in the back room. <laughs> I need you to uh, clean out your desk All right now. I'm going to have security a pistol whip you. The thing about Dick Cheney is he said he had the greatest line yesterday because that is he he's just motivated by just an engine of pure malice, which is what I love about that guy. And he had the greatest little line about about clearly about Barack Obama when he said I see. I'm going to mangle it now. Um, But he said something about, uh, you know, and I'm being lectured about values by people who are clearly in no position to discuss values at all. And you all know who I'm talking about. You know, and it was just it was it was very I mean, it was like all but going over and just slapping the guy uh, upside the head. So it was um, it's quite something. So I'm looking forward to seeing Dick uh, Cheney go even crazier back on the puffer machines for a second. So uh, I guess in a bit where there's a, a caller who knows how they work or how they operate. And I guess the deal is if you're just assembling bombs, you're
3: going to somehow end up covered in bomb dust. Or, or there's some short person inside with a hose in their mouth, just blowing into it?
1: <laughs> I have no idea what you're discussing right there at all. None? Zero? The puffer machine. What do you mean there's a small person inside with a hose in their mouth? Well, that's where the puffer air comes oh, from. Oh, I see. So that's how the, you're, so you're suspecting that... Oh, this is, he's on the 800 line. Okay. I'm sorry. If, please, if I sound like I don't know what the hell I'm talking about right now... I don't now, know what's going on here. I'm going to make
2: sure that your phone is labeled correctly because you sound like a crazy person <laughs> no there's like but we
1: can't figure out what's going just on. so you know but well, there's there's three different things happening here so uh, so i sound a little less crazy there's the phone itself which is like the physical phone you pick up and then there's a piece of software on the screen that tells me who's on the phone and the 800 number is labeled the hotline but on the screen this is showing up as line number one and so i'm sort of confused about who's where uh hello hi you're on the red Emerson show sir or madam is the case may be how can i help you on this friday hey.
5: Uh, my name's Sean. Hey, what's uh, up, John? Talking about the puffer machine. My dad actually uh, runs a company out of Vancouver that uh, marks or sells and uh, distributes X-ray machines, melt detectors, and other security measures for uh, for airports and courthouses and the like. The puffer machine can actually, uh, when it does work, in fact, can detect explosives down to like. A billionth of a gram.
1: I like, it, but you have to put the, the the phrase "when it does work" at the beginning of it, which implies that there's many, many times when maybe it doesn't it doesn't work, well, or is it, or, uh, or does it work most of the time?
5: It works most of the time, but uh, I was a United States Marine for the past four years, uh, stationed overseas in Japan. Every time I would come home, I would uh, get put in the puffer machine in a, a San Francisco International. And, uh, less ring for plastic explosives because that's, in fact, what I worked with while I was in.
1: Or is it, and is this one of those things where, like, uh, you know, they say that thing about the, you know, like 80% of $50 bills have cocaine or something on them. Is this, like, is there stuff in the air or just chemicals you come in contact with, like stuff under the sink at home or whatever, that might be used to make a bomb? And so that's going to set it off every time you go through the airport.
5: It's, uh, stuff like, uh, fuels, uh, like, uh, low grade diesel fuel is used in the manufacture of, uh, Ammonium nitrate fuel oil, which ah. is a uh, uh, high explosive. All right. And then uh, there's actually chemicals in most uh, lotions that uh, are chemically pretty close to uh, some of the things in, say, uh, C4, Semtex, and other plastics.
1: So I'm going to put, like, the wrong kind of jurgens on my hand, and they're going to take me to a back room and give me a good pounding uh, with okay. justice. All right. Excellent. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate it. Yep. There we go. Thanks. Is, uh, Sean, ladies and gentlemen. Straight ahead, we will talk to CNN radio correspondent Jim Roop, who has yet more exciting travel. And I have a question when we come back about about airports, anyway. So let's see, airport question. All right. Uh, Jim Roop, straight ahead, talking about the travel notes, ladies and gentlemen. Mick G, director of Terminator Salvation, uh, coming up next hour. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101, KUFO. Weblog, streaming, podcasts, and complete archives of everything.
0: Visit the Rick Emerson Show at
3: KUFO.com. <laughs>
1: important to know what you are, Sarah. Right, it's 503-228-4101. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Straight ahead, we have more news from Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen. Later on, the mystery guest, as well as McG, the ter- uh, director of the... It's going of, uh... to be
2: genius. So I don't know... I'm doing my bullet points right now for you about the person.
1: And I'll be given... How much How much warning are we saying?
2: Um, about 30 seconds. I'm just going to... Um... Oh, do you think you want to... Should I give you the bullet points or should I just read them to you?
1: Um, I think... I'll
2: give you the main bullet points, like the name of the of uh, the thing that's being pitched, and should, the person's name.
1: I think I should get a. I think I should get the name of the guest, kind of the one line high concept of what they're talking about, mm. uh, and then maybe like twenty seconds, twenty five seconds. That seems like a good. I should either get less information and more time, or uh, you know, less time I'm and more write a information. Few
2: bullet points because I don't because uh, it's so genius. I can't put it all into one. If sentence.
1: I'm gonna have to bluff my way through knowing who somebody is. Exactly. All right. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from Los Angeles. Preparing for an exciting holiday weekend. CNN Radio correspondent Jim Ru hello, sir. Howdy. How are you, brother? Doing all right, thank you. Uh, all right. So the there was uh, there was this period of time where everything uh, that happened anywhere uh, could be blamed on. Well, you know what with all the uh, the bailouts on Wall Street that are happening right now, but now everything can be blamed on the stimulus package apparently because this, this story this morning that I guess the stimulus package, which is presumably there to make things uh, better, is in fact going to be uh, gumming up the roads everywhere because they finally have money to start just setting up massive road crews, blocking off, uh, like, highways, uh, you know, this of all weekends. Have yeah, I got
6: it's, it, you know, what, what's the stat? 32 million people hitting the roads. Yeah. 84 percent, or 30 people, million, 32 million people driving or or traveling. 80 percent of those guys hitting the roads. Then, and you have 11 billion dollars of the 26 billion. And the stimulus money being used, that's 3,500 road construction jobs. If you average that out, that's 70 per state, but it's not really how it works out, because in California there are 600 projects going on right now. So you're going to run into problems. You're going to run into delays. However, Caltrans and the Federal Highway Administration says the most you should be delayed <laughs> is a half hour. Uh-huh. <laughs> How do you on
1: a scale of one to ten? How accurate do you feel that that uh, that estimate really is? <laughs> yeah, <You know, they, laughs> that's so funny. It's like you you can't even say it with a straight face. No, no, no. We feel that other than that, your commute will go swimmingly.
6: <laughs> I started laughing. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and and she said, "What are you laughing at?" I said, "Well, come on. I mean, how, how do you know that for sure? I mean, if you close one lane and you think now it's gonna it's gonna slow the the flow of traffic by." you know 30 minutes because you closed one lane you don't know exactly how many people are going to be traveling that no. roadway no. I mean, no. you, there's so many variables involved that uh, but you know that's the average i guess so if if it's going to be you know a half hour maybe an hour if you know that going into it and you just look at the fact that you know what's beautiful about all this road work is that people have jobs
1: well that's the, the see that's the thing that's why you can't complain about it too much uh, because at least there's money flowing and there's guys out there you know that are you know as you said that are on the, on the clock in some way but it's that thing where... god the, and the memorial day weekend i don't know what it is man maybe it's the heat or something but the, the memorial day weekend i remember we would and we didn't really ever go that many places as a kid but but we would go someplace, kind of you know, like we go to a uh, like a park or something, or we go like we go camping, you know, for like three days of forced uh, you know encounters with my with my family. You know, It was like three days where you couldn't really get away. Um, but there was something about Memorial Day weekend that made my dad snap. Like nobody's business. I don't know what it was. It was it was even more than than like Christmas time or something. And I think there is something about you're sitting in your car and you're on the highway in the blinding sun, and you're in a small enclosed space. <laughs> You know what I mean, and so it, and it's like you don't want to run the air conditioner if you're my dad, you will pay my dad had this thing where he would he would save and he would pay more for the air conditioner, but then, like we were never allowed to use it, like you couldn't turn it on for some reason. It was the same thing in our home. we had this air conditioner it was like it should have been ringed by candles because it was almost like this altar that we prayed to where we would look at the air conditioner and it would have this kind of golden glow around it, and the golden glow was never besmirched because we were never actually allowed to turn it on. And it was the same thing in the car. And it's like you'd sit there on the highway, and you're looking at the air conditioning button, and it was like this tantalizing blue button on the dashboard. <laughs> and you know that if you press it, suddenly cool air comes out, and suddenly you're not going to be sweating like a the disgusting pig in the back of the car on these like '70s vinyl seats. Mm-hmm. You know, you just kind of going, you're sticking to it, and you're getting all sunburned. You're just hating your life. And but my dad would just slowly go mental uh, while we were in all of this uh, traffic. So. That is – that's the sort of downside to it is that, you know, and as you said, you close one lane, and with every lane you close, it doesn't – I mean, it, like, triples uh, the commute time because then uh, the the load on the remaining lanes is, like, exponential. So. Yeah,
6: uh, before I comment on that, I, I, I have become my dad with the air conditioner, not in the car, but in the house, and when my kids complain that it's hot – and they went around the aircraft. I said, "Take your shoes off." Right. Yeah. It's... You know. <laughs> I just. Yeah, I. I. I not, when you mentioned them, going like, "Oh my gosh!" Go
1: run through a sprinkler,
3: you kids. Yeah. Yeah. But
6: you know, it, it, but it happens all the time, especially in in um, uh, non highway road situations, just city streets. When they close down a lane, they're not smart enough to think, okay, maybe we should increase the green light interval going the other way so we don't clog up so much traffic.
1: Well, that would take but all they, the fun out of it.
6: They never think. Beyond the fact that they close the lane down. no. Uh, so there's there's no real effort to relieve the traffic anywhere. Or if they detour you, they, they, they give you two detour signs, and then you're on your own for the rest of it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I hadn't really thought about that, but that's true as well. Where they'll, they'll give you the one arrow that basically says, you can't use this road anymore.
6: Right. And then they'll point you in that direction. And maybe if you're lucky, they'll give you one more to make you turn a left or something. And then it's like, now where?
1: And then, you just wait, and then you're then you in Oakland somehow, and you just have no, you're like, why, 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 why am I here? What is going on? Hey, speaking of traveling real quick, is it, hey, Tim, was it just at PDX that they're getting rid of those uh, machines, or is it everywhere?
3: Uh, I just read PDX so far. So do you, uh,
1: Jim, at LAX, do you have those uh, those machines you walk through that p- blow the air at you? Yeah. So I guess in Portland, they're getting rid of these. I, I forget how much it was, $35 million or some, some hideous amount of money we spend on those. But I guess we've come to the conclusion here that they don't work at all. So we're getting rid of those, and apparently we're going to be replacing them with those those great new machines that will just like show an outline of your junk as you, as you walk
6: through. <laughs> yeah, I've been in both of those machines.
1: They have those at Salt Lake. Now, uh, the last time I went to visit my in-laws...
6: I uh, actually asked for, can I get a copy of that picture? Yes. I would love to see it.
1: Can I get a copy of the, uh, the x-ray of the woman yeah. behind me? That would be fantastic.
6: That's i asked for mine. I, I should have thought, you know, can I get a picture of her? Man, they they can sell
3: cost? them like they do at Disneyland when you come down on the like rise Magic Mountain. It's
6: like a <laughs> Splash Mountain photograph. You go to a kiosk and push the button and you pick your photo. That should totally be the press photo that I
1: use for the show. I should get myself scanned at the Provo Airport or whatever, and it's just me looking like the visible man, uh, and I'll just sign that. Here you go. Thanks for listening. All right, excellent. Have a, a satisfying weekend, my friend. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Be careful out there. Always, sir. There you go. That's Jim rope ladies and gentlemen. Gentlemen in Los Angeles. Hello, Tim Riley. Howdy. What uh, stories are we working on for the people of uh, Portland today?
3: King County police say a cop who beat a prisoner's head against the wall, leaving him in a coma. is a tragic accident and nothing more. Mary Kay Lacherno and Vili Falao host a hunt for teacher night at a Seattle bar. Awesome. American Idol draws 40 million viewers in the last seven minutes. And the body of a 750 pound Indiana woman who died on Tuesday has finally been removed aboard a flatbed wrecker. <laughs>
1: mm. Part of life's rich pageant, Tim. That's all ahead when the Rick Emerson show continues. Later on, we'll talk to McGee, the director of Terminator Salvation, ladies and gentlemen, plus the mystery guest. It is the Rick Emerson show. It's Rock 101, KUFO. Here's Green Day.
4: KUFO Portland.
1: All right, here's a fun fact about McG, director of Terminator 4. He co-wrote the Sugar Ray song every morning. As in, every morning there's a halo hanging from the corner. Why do I know this?
2: Of my girlfriend's
1: poor, poor post, post, bed. bed.
2: I don't know. I know it too, though. Same.
1: <clears throat> Even I know that. Do you really? Yes, I do. Yes. I don't know if I mentioned this to you or not, so I'm looking at the... Uh, so I was, uh, because somebody had told me that uh, McG, Joseph uh, Joseph McGinty Nickel. It seems like it ought to have a mick before the nickel part. It seems like it ought to be McGin- McGinty McNickel. Well, you wonder if he's mick. on the dollar menu? <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a McGinty, please.
2: Isn't it Mick? A McGinty
1: is just like Gristle. Uh, it's like Gristle Raptor on a bone. <laughs> um, Will there be anything else with that? No, that'll be it. Second window, please. Um, uh, anywho, so somebody told me that he co-wrote a bunch of songs with Sugar Ray, and I was looking at him, but sure enough, I mean, he wrote, I don't know what else he did, but he, he at least co-wrote that song, which is strange. So then I found myself looking at Sugar Ray. This is a thing you don't think you're going to do when you wake up in the morning. So I was reading Sugar Ray's Wikipedia page today for no reason. Um, and I was looking through the, the the names of all of the records. You know, I really, I do, here's the thing about Sugar Ray, is I kind of dig those guys just because they embrace what they are. They just know that they're kind of douchebags. And so they, they just sort of go with it. Um... But and that Mark McGrath guy is the best contestant I've ever seen on Rock and Roll Jeopardy and VH1. I mean, the hands down, the best contestant ever, ever, ever. He's the only person I ever saw on Rock and Roll Jeopardy who I, th- I think could probably take me at that. Um but they had that the the follow-up record to Florida was called 1459. Everybody thought they were like 15 minutes of fame thing. Their new record, which is going to be coming out in June, the new Sugar Ray album is called Music for Cougars. So there you go. Well done. Ladies and gentlemen, at the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. <laughs>
3: With Tim Riley. The Clark County goo mystery has been solved. The dark, sticky residue that first showed up on the side of a home in Ridgefield. Well, the homeowner thought the substance may be uh, human waste. Well, they're partially correct. The mystery mess is indeed feces, but not from a human. It's bee poop. (laughs) It turns out that this home is next to 40 acres of blueberry fields, and those berries. Come for the bees. Apparently, it's like a laxative to bees, so they just uh, <laughs> hunch over in front of these homes. And I do don't what believe bees, do. bees
1: hunch. I don't think that's a thing that they don't have spines for. I don't think they can do that. I don't think they bend that way.
3: I don't know. I haven't seen one close up. So bees
2: eat blueberries that are laxative for them. and then yes. they poop all over everyone's houses. That's I, what's
3: happening in Clark County. Yes, I thought that. Is, is there vengeance of some kind for the I, bee world? I thought the well, bees yeah, were all so gone. These Subdivisions? No. And they, somebody tell this is bee territory, and they're building subdivisions. Hey, you! This is B Town. Move along. I didn't. Because they're small
2: and kind of that. That's a lot. This of is a bee man's
3: days. neighborhood. Keep, keep walking.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> what sort of name is anyway? Um, <laughs> that's the worst joke. <laughs> it's lame, but it's funny. <laughs> Welcome to my world, Tim. Uh, so yes. Hey, I, but I thought, weren't they telling us last year that all the bees had
3: vanished? Yeah,
1: they what came back. What a bunch back. of idiots screaming, no, the bees have all gone, we're going to die.
3: And I, there was always honey on the shelf during that period of time. And so not only are the bees not gone, which I think we all knew at the time
1: was made up, mm. uh, but now there's so many of them that they can actually now extract their vengeance on humanity by, as Tim put it, squatting, I'm sorry, hunching <laughs> and pooping on houses. Let's not talk about this anymore. Here's...
2: I just, it doesn't seem real. That doesn't seem possible.
1: Well, because wouldn't, like wouldn't you have heard about that happening before? I've never heard of that. In all my many years on this planet, I have never. heard that's so from that Clark anymore. County.
2: Wait a second. So, who's determined that that's the cause? Maybe someone's pulling somebody's uh,
3: leg. The Secretary of Bees, I guess, for Washington. Oh, that's a good question. Actually, how could it have it could been be unsolved? The, new the Yeah, because like it
1: was unsolved like an hour ago. Uh-huh. So now it's,
2: it's blueberry bee poop. As that's weird, weird.
1: yes. As we are doing this, it's six oh five in the morning. So how would they even have have figured that out? Like since we started the show
3: today. Well, just as you're up all night reading Sugar Ray's Wikipedia, somebody's <laughs> investigating bee poop. I was Tim. Not everyone shares your taste for early morning reading.
1: (laughs) Eyes glazed over, cup of coffee clutched in my hand, reading about lemonade and brownies. How can we fault someone for investigating bees in the middle of the night? I guess I I don't. I guess you can't, Tim. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, there you go, Clark
3: County. Mystery solved. A bunch of problems could force all Portland public school employees to take five furlough days off of the next school year that'll save the district over a million dollars a day.
1: Well, they already said or that so they, they were going to cut the school day but or cut the school year by fifteen days, right mm-hmm. by two weeks yes, which do you ever notice this that as soon as you get out of high school, you suddenly you think that year round schools a fantastic idea. You're all for it the minute you graduate, you're like that really, that makes a lot of sense. that idea of having that four track school system keep them in there all the time, little bastards it just suddenly rings so much truer to you once you're once you're out of that place. But the I think the school year is already now like the shortest it's ever been. Mm-hmm. Just because I think we've realized that like it's it's really pointless and so like what do, what are we keeping everybody there for? But so now it's gonna be so now on top of the two weeks that they cut yesterday, now they're gonna be cutting five days from the teacher year. All right.
3: So while uh, Larry King is opening up his uh private life to the public, making the talk show oh. rounds. Uh, we have plenty of comments. He visits the ladies on The View.
2: Sean, your wife, you guys have been married 12 years. He, 12 years. <laughs>
3: uh,
5: she sleeps late? <laughs> no. No. She, she's a very good mother. I'm, I'm drunk. drunk. After
0: 12 years, still that spark?
5: Well, well, I'm 75.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, uh, my get up and go got up and went. <laughs> uh,
0: Does the word Viagra ring bell?
5: <laughs> that him. don't work. I'm a hot patient.
0: Oh, oh really? You yeah. can't even take that? That's really sad.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait a
0: minute.
5: Wait a minute.
1: I'm Welcome sorry, Why do you assume I need it? Well, oh! so- All right. Hey, good for you, Larry King. That was... Well done. Okay, that was actually pretty good. I had no... Ho- I mean, really, because it's just an idiot uh, Joy Behan, Behar, whatever her name is, is just sitting there squawking away like a poor woman's Bette Midler. Uh, and so I I didn't think that he'd pull that out of the end, but then he did. Well done, Larry King. Why do you assume I need it? It's my ball game,
3: <laughs> So to speak. Um. <laughs> so it's Hut for Teacher Night at a sports bar in Seattle. Mary Kate Laturno and her former student-turned-husband hosting the Hut for Teacher Night and this is going on tomorrow night. The bar's owner, Mike Morris, says people are going to enjoy meeting her.
7: It definitely draws a crowd that is interested in meeting Mary and Billy. And they come down, and they they when they get to meet her, they, they realize what a nice person she is.
1: Not at all crazy.
3: The body of a 750-pound Indiana woman who died Tuesday has finally been hauled away aboard a flatbed wrecker. 47-year-old Teresa Smith had been bedridden because of her weight. She was dragged out of the apartment through a sliding glass patio door on the mattress in which she died. She was covered with carpeting. <laughs> she was covered in carpet. It was the only material available in Marion County, Indiana, to cover her with.
1: <laughs> Get me all the carpet in Marion County, stat.
3: So there was a slight delay in hauling her away, but... Who, who knows you who, are you just, they, what was the they, story? they lost I guess they lost the
1: triple A card are you, are you just picturing so they dragged her out the sliding glass door, which Probably presumably sideways. they had to remove from the tracking on the floor, so they're dragging her out on the mattress covered in carpet like in in your imagination, maybe it's just me because I view everything as sort of a bad movie. In your head, aren't you just picturing the frame and like where where like the mattress is just slowly dragged into frame like six inches at a time, like uh,
2: I thought you were gonna go with the whoosh. what's eating Gilbert grape
1: That's what I was wondering. <laughs> no, I'm just picturing a bunch of guys like just you know, but just gently just pulling it, you know, at like one you know and just taking forever as for the mattress to just inch its way out the door. Covered in carpet.
3: So That's... the coroner's office helps to procure the proper equipment to handle the situation in the future, like it's going to happen again. I guess it's going to happen again. It happens all the time. Is it... What is the proper equipment? Here, but here...
1: I don't know, Tim. The But here's how you can tell. This is like the serial killing thing. We were talking about serial killers. You can be just... Flat out crazy as a serial killer, and I mean, you could be engaged in one of those weird, convoluted serial killer plots that you only see like in terrible Shannon Tweed action films. But it doesn't really get noticed anymore because there's, we have such a sort of short attention span, and there's so many people killing people all the time, like every single day. There's just guys who have just gone nuts, and they go down to the local uh, fruitery and they they kill fifteen people on the banana aisle or something. So it's hard to get noticed. It's the same thing with the fatifying of America because if you all remember there was a guy named Walter Hudson many years ago, and Walter Hudson was the first i say celebrity, but he was the first notable case of a guy who was so fat he couldn 't get out of the house and Walter Hudson weighed twelve hundred pounds and uh, he was later uh not parody but represented by a character in the p j s actually but he weighed 1,200 pounds, and he was the guy. He died, and then they had to cut out the wall of the house, and they had to get— And he was, like, on the somehow inexplicably like, the, floor, the third floor of, a, of a, like, a, a Brooklyn walk-up. I don't know. I, and so, which—I I guess he must have been thin-ish when he got up there. But it was big news. I mean, so Walter Hudson was a huge, so to speak, pop culture phenomenon. But now it's like you don't even really notice because there's so many of these massive people who weigh 9,000 pounds that have to be buried in a grand piano case. It's just this country is just uh... we were talking about this at lunch yesterday. Actually, we went to lunch with um, uh, John, Jenny, Rob, uh, Mike and Scott, who are the folks from uh, the from my sleep country uh, pajama bowl team because I was not there. I was in Las Vegas and so forth. So to make it up, you know, to, to thank all the folks who are kind of bowled in my stead, Sarah and Greg and Susan Reynolds and myself and uh, the, all these guys from the bowling team, we went out to lunch and I was in my pajamas. And there are, I've already started receiving embarrassing photographs, by the way.
2: It was embarrassing just sitting next to you.
1: Yes, it was embarrassing sitting and being <laughs> me. Um, but but was, I love
2: that the restaurant was kind of nice, too, because it just made you look extra super ridiculous. It
1: looked like they were taking one of God's special children out for a snack. I mean, there's just no, no way to get around that. But we were talking about the Lloyd Center uh, food court. I forget why. We were talking about because
2: you and I talk about it all
1: the time. And they and and they were like, well, you know, and I was talking about how sometimes I would just go to the Lloyd Center. Sarah and I would have have on more than one occasion. Sarah and I have just gone to the food court at Lloyd Center just to watch pregnant teenagers walk by because it makes you feel so much better about yourself. That no matter what's wrong with you, no matter what personal ailment you may have, if you go to Lloyd Center, you will see someone who is much much worse than you are. And so it is with you know this woman. So anyway, here's Tim Riley.
3: You know, this is going to be the best weather ever for the Rose Festival. Usually, this is the worst weekend of the year. And that's why they schedule it the same weekend every year, because they know it's going to do badly. But it's uh, going to be uh, sunshiny for the next, as a matter of fact, for the next week or so. And high temperature is going to be near 70. Wait, so, I'm going
2: to go camping this weekend.
3: And so the Rose Festival... well, let's Traditionally, one, it's held during the worst, well, one of the worst uh, weather weekends of the year. Wait, it's always has raining. Has the weather changed, or has the date of the
1: Rose Festival changed?
3: No, the weather has changed, All right. Al so, Gore. So let's... So let's back
1: up two things. One, well, wait a minute. I thought that. Uh, so wait. So this is because of. So this is because of global something. or well, right? I, I don't know change? for a fact. Do we no longer say global warming? I don't hear anybody say it anymore. I hear climate change. That's it. Yes. Are they the same thing? Yes. Climate change sounds like they don't know what they're talking about. So they're trying to cover their ass uh, by saying that it's changing. But it's a good catch all term. But yeah, see, because before they were willing to pin their, no, 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 it's warming. And now they don't really seem confident enough that it's warming. They're just going to say, that's something, it's changing. There's something, it's something. It's they, 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 Like eventually it's just going to be like a, it's, it's verbing. It's just going to be a global verbing of some kind. Where are you camping at? At where are you camping? Where um, at are you camping?
2: I don't know, somewhere, um, of course, legal near Mount Hood.
3: Wait. What? Wh- why would you put it that way? Well, she doesn't want to be visited.
2: Oh, no, it's just like a lot of the campsites, most of the campsites in the entire state. Are you not
1: allowed to camp on Mount Hood?
2: No, no, you're allowed to at sanctioned campsites. What's going on
1: right now? Are you are you camping at a speakeasy? I don't understand. <laughs> she doesn't no. wish to divulge too
3: much information. It's like
1: a thousand miles around.
2: No, I don't know. We, like All the campsites are full, so we're going and camping somewhere, I guess, that isn't really a campsite.
1: Yes, everyone, go, go look for
3: her. <laughs> She'll be <laughs> no, somewhere no, near Mount Hood. Secret, but I
2: didn't know if I'm supposed to, if that's like totally illegal. I was like, I'm going to a place that doesn't, doesn't a campsite. We're just going to go. Um, toward a bunch of campsites since they're all taken. In
1: I didn't know places they were illegal to camp. I mean, if it's private property, sure. But if it's not yes. private property, I thought you could just camp anywhere. It belongs to God.
2: I don't know. Well, then I am camping I think people on do. God's country. All
1: right. Well, it's all that's, it's God's back. God's country campground. Yes. So what? To, so we were somehow under the impression the Rose Festival started next weekend, but that's not the case. It's today. No. Bad Portlanders. So it's today. By next week, weekend, we met this weekend. All right. And so, how long does it go? Oh, for like a week. I mean, I've mean, i only lived
3: in the Northwest my whole life. And don't they, the ships come in and the sailors run around looking for women? Yes, they do. Or just the opposite?
1: Yes, well, that's probably more the opposite, actually. Uh-huh. Um, But, uh, yeah, so that comes, so that's this afternoon that the bridges start going up? Yes. Okay, I'm going to be, look, I hate to be this guy. Cause t- uh, I, I live in a neighborhood without bridges and I'm going to stay there. I, that's why I moved there. And I try very hard uh, because I know that. Look, it's not like it, it's not like this isn't a job. I mean, it, it sort of is, but it's it's. But you know, it, it. I. But at the same time, as we always say, we're the, we're the luckiest people ever because we get to wake up and, and go to a job uh, that we love, and a lot of people don't ever get that chance. And so, I don't ever ever try to complain about you know this job in, in any real way because I really am exceptionally fortunate. I I, I get that, but by the same token. I also try uh, never to just sort of be like, and then I get to be home at noon because that just makes you sound like a like a dick. And I'm gonna do that, but you know what? F that. I mean, this time I'm gonna say it because what time do those bridges start going up today? It's gonna be undoubtedly when it's, that it's you know at its hottest outside. That's how it always works.
3: Probably I'll look up the specific time, but maybe the bridges don't go up today because the ships probably aren't coming in yet. Well, but if the but Rose if it Russell's, starts today, I... they've got to be because isn't that part of it? Isn't that the, isn't
1: it? Isn't one because of the other? Or is it a coincidence?
2: In other words, is the
1: Rose Festival somehow tied to the ships coming in, or is that just a coincidence It's part of it.
2: Yeah, I think they come in for the Rose Festival.
3: It's an added bonus, like cotton candy and and deep fried candy. It's like (laughs) skee-balls. like, yes. Uh, So the Rose Festival, so if it starts today, then the ships
1: must be coming in today. The point is, I'm going to be at home. I'm going to go home, and as Tim said, I'm not going to leave, uh, because it's just going to be traffic and hate everywhere you go. All right, uh, we'll do this. You're not
3: even going to go to the fun center?
1: What is the fun center?
3: That's where they have all the rides and all the people from the suburbs
1: come in? I don't think anything called a fun center is ever fun. That's like someone who tells you he's living the dream. He's not living any dream. Not at all. Uh, Straight ahead this hour, we have Mick G, director of Terminator 4. On the other side of this, we will have more news from Tim Riley. Uh, We have a penis watch coming up, incidentally. Uh, Also, Aaron Duran from geekinthecity.com and the mystery guest. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Call 503-228-4101 some blueberry jasmine smoke and look arty. This is
4: the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101
5: KUFO.
1: No, oh, I think that's a thing that, uh, that's a thing we'll be spared, Jim. 503-228-4101, it's the Rick Emerson Show, it's Rock 101 KUFO. What kind of hideous station were you working
3: at where you had to do a... I worked at plenty of hideous a... stations in my life. The Highway Death Toll Sponsorship. Every hour. The national holiday death toll for this hour is blank. <laughs> by, it's sponsored by Kelly's Funeral Home. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. There. Well, this was a long time ago. It's not anything current.
1: Did somebody ring a bell? Was there sort of a. Uh, the death toll is 70. And then there'd be. And be like,
3: it, it used to come over
1: the wire every hour. Kelly's Funeral Home. Would remind... That's right. The AP Wire Rip and Read. Mm-hmm. Oh, forgot all about tick, tick, that. Tick, 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 tick. Oh, boy, that's a that's a memory from way back when. I don't think they I don't think they do that anymore. No, they don't. No, that's a, I think that is maybe one of those bits of news they've decided that people don't really uh, people aren't really curious to hear. Uh, coming up later on in the hour, we'll talk to Mick G, who is the uh, director of Terminator Salvation, which opens today in theaters everywhere. Later on in the show, Aaron Geek in the City Duran will uh, actually uh, review that film, and we'll have the mystery guest. So, just real quickly here about the mystery guest. So I
2: have the bullet points right here for you.
1: So just to sort of back up, so this is this all sort of had its genesis because uh, we had that audio of Greg uh, Nibbler doing the the interview with uh, with MC Hammer, and he didn't know he was going to be interviewing him, and Hammer didn't know he was going to be interviewed. But it actually it sounds but but it sounds actually very good, especially given the fact that neither of them was really prepped for it. So I attempted my hand at doing a a mystery guest interview on Wednesday, and I think I actually did very well. I mean, I think by any
2: interviewed. Um, BJ, who was talking about traveling the country with
1: Maisner her. Maisner was her name. Yes, BJ Maisner. And she traveled the motorhome with her uh, cat, Monty, and her dog, Tootsie. So, I got 30 seconds of prep time. So, I think if you're going to cut down on the amount of prep time that I get, that I should get more information, though. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if, if this, when is the mystery guest today? Is it 740?
2: 740, yes. 740? So, so, if, so I have, on this piece of paper, I have two pieces printed out. So, for you, I printed out a piece of paper with the guest's name, the product they're pitching, and uh, basically the, the tagline. So know, how much? So there's
1: three sentences of information. So you have
2: three sentences, but I also have this one right here that I'm going to read to you while like while this person's on the phone. So right. it has uh, three big bullet points about All right. who the person is and why they have done what they And they're so doing. how
1: much total prep time am I going to get?
2: That's like 30 seconds.
1: 30 seconds. I okay. think that's more than enough. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think so, too.
2: Maybe 20. It won't take very long to read through this. We'll make so. it
1: easy for you. Fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen at the news desk, it's Tim Riley. <laughs> In the News with
3: Tim Riley. Good morning, it is 626. It's going to be a beautiful sunny holiday weekend. Highs in the 70s, especially if you go to the Rose Festival. And because you had so many questions, I got the entire Rose Festival schedule here. So, officially, the Waterfront Park opens up around uh, 4.30 this afternoon. And then the official opening for all the events is at 8 o'clock tonight. And Fleet Week does not begin until the third of June. So, is the Rose Festival over by then? No. How long does the
1: Rose Festival go?
3: Let's see here. The Rose Festival goes, and uh, we have events uh, leading up to June uh, June twelfth. Really? It's like, I thought it was always. I think it was like two weeks or something. Well, we have to. There are other things going on. The Grand Floral Parade is the sixth uh, through the seventh. The Festival Dragon Boat Race. Coming up on the 6th. So,
1: so very confusing. And it seem like the Rose Festival is getting longer every year?
3: Yes. All right. Because it's not enough time for every... And then uh, Fleet Week. The interesting part about this this year is, of course, the Canadian uh, Maritime Force always come here, the Coast Guard. But the U.S. Navy will not give us any information beforehand about what's going to be here and when.
1: No, is this oh, because of yeah. uh, the terror?
3: Apparently that oh. Dick Cheney has warned us about. <laughs>
1: So let me understand this. So you want to actually be able to plan your commute or your drive anywhere uh, around when the ships are going to come in because they're just going to spring it on you.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes,
1: that's fantastic because I think even because
2: you know and did... you probably jinxed us too because you're like, oh, no, we work early. It's <clears> probably going to be at nine oh one.
1: Well, there's there's good reason for this.
2: In
5: the beginning of the program, there was only one focused and all important purpose. We sought and we in fact obtained specific information on terrorist plans.
1: So I think even when we did the horns across the Hawthorne photo, which was uh, three years ago, it was 2006, they were still giving us all the Fleet Week information there, you know, like when the ships were coming in, because we were able to figure out when we could be on the Hawthorne Bridge to take this, this photograph. Um, we did this photograph of just, just yes. hundreds and hundreds of people all across the Hawthorne Bridge, and there was a listing online showing us when the ships were coming in. So it must just be this year that they've that they've altered that.
3: The fireworks are tonight. All right. The starlight run is on the 30th. As is the, uh, the Starlight Parade. And then the Junior Parade is June 3rd. It seems like... yeah, I mean, it, it
1: makes us, It just
2: goes on forever. I was yeah. going to say, it
1: makes us sound like cranky old people, but it seems like the Rose Festival was only three or four days long just a couple of years ago. And now it just now stretches... on. Stretches on into...
2: Well, Tim, people
1: need something to take their mind off the recession. So what a better way than the endless parades and a large, gaudy, fluorescent rose downtown?
3: Well, what do you do with somebody like Willie Applegate? You see, 69-year-old Willie has been convicted of bank robbery for the eighth time. It's also the 50th anniversary of his first bank robbery in 1959. The others were in 1962, then 72, 76, 80, and 84. So he's long past due to rob another bank. And apparently he allegedly uh, robbed one of $3,000 last year. This could earn Willie 15 more years in the slammer. He's sort of a cicada of the world of larceny. Absolutely. And a Happy Valley man is charged with robbing a Milwaukee gas station with a squirt gun. Clackamas County K-9 Nero found a 24-year-old John Herman hiding in a shopping cart in the Winko parking lot.
1: Villain, the rest. Here. I have, I have nothing else to say, except that the, any number of things inside so the story indicate that perhaps he's, uh, you know, uh, maybe challenged by, uh, you know, by everyday activities and tasks. Because it seems like one of those things where's would be acceptable. the best
3: hiding place I can possibly well, find. And where's
1: the best place to rob? Like, why? What are you? What are you getting if you rob a Winco? Give me all of the imitation Fruit Loops in those big weird cellophane you know, bags that he, you have.
3: He robbed the gas station next to the Winco. Wait, but which Winco is this? Oh, he didn't rob but, the Winco itself. No, no, no. He robbed a gas station, and then ran away to Winco. But that's as any <laughs> crook would. And look for the first hiding place he could find. Please tell me. It the, and there was a shopping, a shopping cart. cart. They, nobody will ever see me on this. I was going to say the Winco
1: on, 80, on 82nd, but that's a food for less, right?
2: Oh, yeah. Where's well, The, the one right next to Gen X Clothing?
1: Yes, Sarah, and Coffee Romance. Where I'm is not the, familiar with things on the East Side. No, but, I, but Tim, here's the thing. Is that Sarah and I are familiar enough for all three of us. Okay. It is also by the Cat and Doggy Do's. Uh, I'll uh, step aside and let you two debate this. And, where the it's Winco almost as good is as the MLK
2: the Fashion Plaza. Then
1: where is the, where, then where's the Winco that is closest I can't believe I'm using one as a reference for the other. Where is the Winco oh, that's the closest to that food for less?
3: I don't know. Because Winco is did a thing Winco once do a, uh, a meet and greet at a Winco a long, long time ago. I'm sorry? No,
2: we were at G.I. Joe's.
3: That was at G.I. Joe's. Wasn't no, there was gre- another one. Uh, when the
2: pavement was melting.
3: <laughs> what do you mean that I did a uh, meet and greet at a Winco? You mean like you, when I was did- between radio jobs? No, you're on the area. It was something on the west side. I can't remember what it was. No, no,
1: no, no. You're thinking of the uh, you're thinking of the thing we did at Bymart, and you were there too, by the way. I wasn't there. It was a Christmas thing, and we were gathering toys for children at Bymart.
2: Oh, I was there. And too. you were oh, there in a Lincoln store.
1: Navigator. No, that was uh, that was uh, the 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 Bymart at, at Washington Square. Or it was a Target or something? Was Target. Target.
3: All right. That was one of the. F- as a matter of fact, that was one of Sarah X Dylan's first public appearances. It was. Actually, she was yeah. actually an employee yet. I, don't I think, think it was her first appearance. I was an
2: intern still? Yeah.
3: Yeah, it was your first appearance uh, with the show publicly because it was on
1: December thirteenth, uh, because that was that was a Friday, and I think it was right around the time uh, that In the December
2: thirteenth, too.
1: And the woman who was producing the show at the time was getting ready to leave, and I think that was actually we the were first on the WB thirty two that night. That's right. Richard Nunn was there, mm-hmm. so. All right, there you go. It's a crash course in uh, who is the, the Rick Emerson show. The answer is the Rick Emerson show is a show that can't remember when we did anything anywhere, ever. And I'm still obsessed with learning where the nearest Winco is because...
2: I know there's one on 102nd. All
1: right, so I'm just trying to figure out... Because you said he... At first I thought he'd robbed the Winco, and no, then no, you no. said, no, 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 he robbed... The gas station. And I'm trying to think of, like, if that even makes any sense. Like, was and he just figuring that he would blend in with the other clientele? Or it's all very confusing. Maybe he, he got, like, in the kiddie seat and was trying to convince somebody to push him around. But that's just, And so when he ran to the Winco, like, he didn't even run inside where all the people are. No. Where you could, like, stash your gun in the dog food aisle
3: and then just sort of, you know, act as though you're shopping for something. Well, if he had a toy gun, he probably thought he could pass for a child sitting in a uh, shopping cart.
1: I suppose. All right. it didn't Riley. work.
3: Uh, Megan McCain is back in the news. She's going to the talk show circuit uh, talk about the future of the Republican Party. She said the song Bootylicious helped her get over people calling her fat.
5: When I first heard it, I was really upset. I was like, why would someone call me fat about this? And it has nothing to do with anything. And I, I called my friend in L.A. and she goes, girl, turn on Bootylicious by Destiny's Child. It's going to make you feel so much better. And I did. And I was like, yeah, that's right. I, this doesn't mean anything. And then I just started talking to my friends and thinking about how stupid it was. Yeah. And I felt better.
1: Kill me. Kill me now. Oh,
2: sweet baby Jesus. So we're
1: just starting to hear about her. eh? Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the face of the Republican Party. Oh, my God.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I hope to God she just keeps getting more and more confident.
3: This is the first one. Um, So I I guess we can expect more from her. uh, Well, she's the Republican Party changes for the better. Oh, I love it. She
2: loves the sound of her own voice. She does. But we love to hear
1: it too. But you know, but why why they're doing this, though? This is a little bit of a political chess. They're navigating, they're maneuvering her out front to try to blunt. the the um um you know the, the the forward motion of Sarah Palin that's the thing because they see Sarah Palin cuz i think look i mean so a we,
3: choice between Sarah Palin and uh, Megan McCain is yes. that what you're telling and me and
1: i'll take Megan McCain by the way uh the, the here's the thing about is I think we all know even if Sarah Palin doesn't know we all know she's not going to be president and we all know she's not going to run for president they will not let Sarah Palin
3: run for president they but, will... but she is not going to vanish from the public scene no. so what do we do with her let see I'm glad you asked
1: that Tim here's yeah. because here's the thing Sarah Palin will never ever 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 become president not in a billion skillion million years and I seriously doubt that they will let her run for president because they know that it which they know that it would just it would take all the tiny little shards that the republican Party is in and just sweep them in, into into
3: a storm a storm drain. I oh, mean it was so just so this make people forget about people uh, choking turkeys to death in the background while she's being interviewed. <laughs> I don't think they were choking the turkeys. Uh, so
2: I think they were, they were so, gutting them. <laughs>
1: feeding them in like a mulching device. Oh yeah, the turkey mulcher. But I think the deal is that Sarah Palin is going to she's going to expect to run for president like she I think you get the sense she she thinks like it's owed to her like it's her birth right now and they're going to try to they're going to say no, and so then Sarah Palin is going to try to get them to buy her off by giving her like the chairmanship of the, car. of the Republican uh, National uh, Committee. She'll say, "Why don't you just let me run the Republican Party?" And you can tell because there's obviously no love loss between John McCain and Sarah Palin's camps at this point. So they are maneuvering Megan McCain, who is hot by the way, uh, out front to try to blunt the impact of Sarah Palin. She it's sort of like a you know it's like a it's like it's like when you put your uh, it's like when you put the knight out there for the block uh, against the bishop on the chessboard. I don't care as long as uh, Meghan McCain uh, keeps going in front of television cameras and uh,
2: and saying things like "girl, you're bootylicious." See if if she, I
1: mean, I'm okay with her not speaking though. That's the thing. If she would just sort of, we want her, her to... speak. What? I'd like to hear her. speak.
2: No, I want to hear her talk all day, every day. Right, I think Tell we're coming.
1: Republican booty. I think we're. Co- <laughs> Tell me about that Republican booty, girl. You so fine and filled with values. Um. All right. I think we're coming at it from different angles, though, Sarah. I think and this
3: started with a shopping cart at a Winkle parking
1: lot. It always does, Tim. We're looking for different things in Meghan McCain, so to speak.
2: You are so creepy. ZAM!
1: Mornings! Aha! Comedy! Fun! It's The Rick Emerson Show. Here's the Food Fighters. It's Rock 101 KUFO.
4: Don't miss a moment of The Rick Emerson Show where you'll be filled with desperate, miserable shame. Impregnating a dragon. Listen online. Live or via podcast at kufo.com.
1: It's the Rick Emerson Show at Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It is 503 228 4101. It is Friday. Welcome now to The Rick Emerson Show. It is a real pleasure to uh, speak with McG, who is the director of Terminator Salvation, which opens everywhere on planet Earth today at this very moment. Uh, McG, how are you doing, sir? I'm
4: doing well. How are you
1: doing? I am uh, I am rolling, as uh, as uh, Doc Holliday would say in Tombstone. Um, I'm going to come out right out of the gate with a big nerd question because it's... Uh
4: the gate with a wonderful film reference. So right there, maximum respect.
1: Oh, excellent. Well, see, let's see, there you go. See, I should just end the interview now. Just go okay, out on top.
4: Wrap up. Thank you. <laughs> Portland, Oregon, you're awesome.
1: Uh, so I, the big uh, sort of uh, geek question about a Terminator Salvation, if you're doing anything that involves time travel on any level, do you just at a certain point, uh, you just have to embrace the fact that it's, it, 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 as Linda Hamilton's character actually says, I think in Terminator 2, that if you think about it, it would just kind of make you go crazy, that it seems to have all of these paradoxes. You just have to sort of plunge on ahead.
4: That's incredible that you asked that, because we literally brought Linda Hamilton back to be in this picture and do some recording, because she leaves these tapes behind, so her son has the information to fight the future war. And she says that. Jeez, a person could go crazy if you thought too much about this. And you just said it. You're the first interview that I've been a part of where someone made that reference. And we put that in the picture to take some of the headache out of the fact that time travel is hard to understand. And in the interest of staying away from that headache, we don't really deal with time travel in this movie. The first three movies are present-day movies with Terminators coming back in time. And our movie is after the bombs have gone off. It's the future, 2018, it's post-Judgment Day, and we watched John Connor become the leader of the resistance. And I love those becoming stories. When you become Batman, you become Neo, you become Spider-Man. And this is the becoming of John Connor and Christian Bale's the man.
1: Um, without asking you to give anything away, obviously, you just, there's a hundred uh, things that just sort of popped into my head when you were speaking there. But one of them is inside him becoming the hero. And there's that whole, you know, the, the the Joseph Campbell the story arc and the hero with a thousand faces and all of that. And does would you say that there's i mean is there conflict uh, within him Maybe because he is such an iconic figure but not really seen a lot in the you know uh, you know in terms of what he becomes it's just alluded to um is there an internal struggle do you think within within connor about whether he accepts this mantle
4: absolutely and i mean you got a guy who's been given a destiny they didn't ask for and that's kind of rough and sometimes you wish that bullet would just find you and you could be relieved of that tremendous responsibility And seeing how he navigates that is pretty much what the story's all about. But it's also about this character, Marcus, played by this new guy, Sam Worthington, who in about three days' time is going to be the biggest thing on the block. He's uh, very exciting. He's in Jim Cameron's new movie, Avatar, in fact, right after ours, speaking of uh, just bringing it full circle. And his story is about a guy who's given up on himself and given up on humanity, and then he wakes up in this future world, and he discovers the value of himself and the value of his fellow man and that's why at the end of the day our movies it's a real story it's not just about things blowing up and robots attacking and of course there's tons of that too but uh... there's
1: a story at the heart of it we're talking to McGee, he's the director of terminator salvation opens today is it is it uh... daunting to to depict in reality what has only been shown briefly in the previous film something that's just alluded to uh...
4: no i mean to me that's what made it worthwhile i didn't want to make a fourth terminator movie I needed an original point of entry, and it was the future war that seemed exciting. And obviously, that piqued all of our interest growing up on those pictures. And then I started talking to the futurists about what the world would look like after the bombs had gone off. And you study Chernobyl, and we invented our own film stock, and we went to great lengths to make it feel very real. And we didn't just lean on computer-generated stuff. We built everything and brought in the great Stan Winston to build all the robots and do it for real so you know you get christian bale breaking his hand when he smacks it up against the metal of the robot and you get that tactile reality that comes off the screen and and i think rewards the audience
1: is is this uh, let me ask you this actually i'll step back for a moment to what is the movie that made you want to make movies yourself what lit the, the the fuse for you as a filmmaker
4: well it's funny because the first two terminator movies played a huge role in that the first one i was real young scared me It's effectively a zombie movie Schwarzenegger starts operating on his own eyeball and I just sort of lost my mind even though I loved <laughs> it and then the second movie I mean how many sequels proved to be better than the original right. you could probably count them on one hand taking the guy that was the bad guy in the first one making him my bodyguard in the second one pretty inspired flip so you know that and Robert Patrick's head coming apart and reanimating itself just made me say I gotta live my dream and go for it and become a filmmaker and I was uh, nearly kicked out of the house because I come from a very academic family
1: when you, uh, when you deal with an established property like, like Terminator as a director, do you, on, on some level, do you have to run it through a filter of, of what might James Cameron do since it, it, the genesis is in that guy's head?
4: Yeah, I went down there to kiss the ring and talk to James Cameron. I mean, I'm a hugely influenced guy by what he put forward. And uh, it's funny. I said, I, I'd, I'd like you to know what we're doing, and I'd love your endorsement. He said, I can't give you my endorsement. I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know if it's going to be good or bad. And I reserve the right to like it or not like it. And I said, all right, I reserve the right to like or not like Avatar, your new movie. And we both sort of giggled and shook hands. And he went on to tell me the story about how he felt following Ridley Scott after Alien. When he made the second Aliens picture, and he hadn't really done much at the time, and people thought, "Well, who's this guy Jim Cameron? Think he is following Ridley Scott?" But he knew he could honor the mythology and keep the story going. And I think we're all very happy that he made Aliens. That's a pretty wonderful movie, and just seeing people come out of the theaters now a couple times, they're they're, they're loving this movie. It's really really exciting, and I, I hope Jim's satisfied. and this
1: feels good. You were talking to Mick G, the director of Terminator Salvation, opens today. Um, and, uh, obviously, at to certain points, uh, you know, uh, x amount of drama, kind of swirling around. Uh, you know, whatever happens or doesn't happen on on the stage, and that can kind of take away from, can kind of take away from the, the focus on the film. Does that, in a way, make you just sort of buckle down and just like, you know, eff it, I'm going to blow the doors off, and we're going to, you know, it just makes you more focused and more intense, more determined to just make this movie just a
6: blowout.
4: Absolutely. I mean, you know, with Christian, he's a very intense guy. And I think that's why we all respond to his movies, because he gives everything he's got. And, uh, you know, everybody has a moment where if you were miked and it was taken out of context, it would sound a little funky. Certainly, you know that, being in radio. Absolutely. When you guys go to break, and I'm a very fiery personality. I always talk about if I had a mic on me, I would have been in prison long ago. <laughs> and Christian was just in character, and I got him real fired up to do a war scene. And that was uh, a real violation that somebody would leak what should be a private moment on set, which is a bummer for all of us. But uh, the simple truth is the guy's the best guy you're ever going to meet. He's totally dedicated to his wife. He loves his kid. He doesn't have any Hollywood assistant or drive around in a fancy car, drives around in a pickup truck. And at the end of the day, you want that kind of intensity coming from your actor. And that's why we love his movies from Batman to The Machinist to this thing he's got coming out with Johnny Depp called Public Enemies. The guy's the best.
1: As uh, as much as I would like to end this on another uh, Righteous Tombstone reference, I guess I have to end it on, on the nerd foot again. Uh, is, it, is it true that you are uh, doing or you think about doing uh, an adaptation of uh, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep?
4: Well, no, because that effectively became Blade Runner. I just gave everybody that book to read to get their head right for this. I gave everybody two books. I gave them uh, The Android Dream of Electric Sheep and uh, The Road by Cormac McCarthy just to speak to the world we were trying to create. So... I like to really do a lot of prep, and I'm a Philip K. Dick oh. fan, and uh, yeah, Blade Runner's pretty masterful, so I wouldn't mess with
1: that. All right, yeah, that's because I somebody had told me that, and I thought it just it rang it rang so odd to my ears. Um, that I I kind of wanted to ask about that, and I, I have to say this, not that I don't have the utmost faith in your skills as a director, but I it just uh, it it seemed a, such a strange concept as opposed to um, Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, which I think is probably uh, in the pipeline, as they yeah, say. Yeah, that
4: one's in the pipeline, but that feels prime for a remake because you know what Jules Verne was doing in nineteenth-century France couldn't really be realized in uh, that 1954 movie that Disney made, so it feels like it's time again to tell that story and it's really about adventure and guys like you and me getting up from our cubicles and just heading out to sea and living the dream
1: excellent the uh, new movie terminator salvation opens today and uh so thank you for spending some time with us. best of continued success in all things my friend hey delighted to speak with you and thank you all right thank you sir ladies and gentlemen mick g director of terminator salvation greg you want to pick that up in the clarify that all went well. Awesome. Cool. Well, that guy was pretty great. Oh, yeah. And, you know, see, and I was and there was the whole Sarah and I were talking uh, right before we picked him up. We're like, well, do you mention the bail thing? Do you not? How you do you not mention it? How, you can't not mention it. But at the same time, you know, you, you just never tell. I mean, I'm, no, you know, he seems like a good guy, but you can even like the nicest guys. You can never tell when they've just answered that question 700,000 times and you go like, hey, uh, Tommy Lee, what about that sex tape? And the next thing, you know, it's like you got a bottle in your face. So, but I think I think that was very uh, gracious. You know what? But he, but it was great. He kind of picked up that ball. I mean, he knows what you're talking about when you say so. He knows what the people there's a little drama, McGee. I mean, he he totally knows and picks it up. So excellent, fantastic. There you go. That is uh, McGee, ladies and gentlemen. That'll be up at uh, kufo.com a little later on. Uh, today. Coming up later on, Aaron Duran from geekinthecity.com actually reviews Terminator Salvation. We'll find out his take on it. And we have the mystery guest, plus more news from Tim Riley. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO, Portland. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, that interview with McGee will be posted at KUFO.com here in just a uh, just short while, ladies and gentlemen. Coming up later on, Aaron Duran from GeekInTheCity.com reviews Terminator Salvation and counts down the top five crazy robot films. Uh, let's see. We'll also have the mystery guest. This hour, what is it, 745?
2: 745. Let me
1: ask you this. Is the mystery guest from the radio TV interview report... Is that the book where you got yes. the? Okay, so the, these are all coming out of the the the, the yes, guest list. Is these only like people
2: who are like, like John Wayne Gacy's childhood best friend? It's like a self like, like a self published person.
1: Oftentimes, not top tier guests.
2: Perhaps. Oh, well, it's all in the mind of the. People, I'm just. Though.
1: I mean, it's all relative, but I'm saying to the casual, to the outside observer.
2: I don't think anyone will know who this person is, but they'll all be glad that they met her. It
3: is not someone suffering from overexposure.
1: The, <laughs> the radio TV interview report is a book that does traffic in guests who are perhaps uh, lesser known than, say, the guy who directed Terminator Salvation. Um,
2: Well, she might be huge in... Colorado.
1: <laughs> all right. And it, 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 it's something that someone might read while sitting in the restroom. I, I suppose if, if there was nothing else around. Yeah. I think the only time I've read the radio TV interview report in, in the restroom was literally there's just absolutely nothing like not even a filled in crossword puzzle to stare at.
2: I love it. You can always tell the sign of a good book when there's clip art on the front.
1: And by the way, the, Patty Davis is their sort of marquee guest on the cover of this month's radio TV interview report because, you know, because I guess because her, her last name is Davis, but she's how does that even work? Wait, she's Ronald Reagan's kid, or is she Nancy Reagan's kid, or both? Both. Ronald, no, so wait, Why Nancy is her last Reagan. name no, Davis? I, I, I Maybe think she's I... married. <laughs> no, I don't think that's true. I don't think there's Mister Davis. I think Patty Davis.
3: I thought I thought she was uh, on on the. Uh, I thought she was on the softball team. She, no matter be, what they do, people still don't know anything about her.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, shouldn't I know at this point? She's Everybody been in the should. i like like 50. No years. wonder she's on the radio.
2: TV Maybe we interview. should book her, and you could ask her if she's on the softball <laughs> hey, team. You play a lot
1: of field <laughs> hockey. Uh, by which I mean... I you... guess it's just meant to be that way. All right. Ladies and gentlemen at the news desk, your personal savior,
3: Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, 7.05. Going to be a sunny holiday weekend. Going to be safe for the next week or so. I won't High temperatures see it. in the 70s. I'll be hiding inside. I won't see any of it. I don't blame you. A dead man has been found in the sidewalk of Old Town, stabbed to death. The body found early this morning in Northwest Davis and... Apparently, it's a report of a stabbing. Officers taped off the scene. They blocked Northwest Davis between Nato Parkway and 2nd Avenue during the investigation. They're interviewing witnesses searching the area. Two people have been detained by police for questioning. The investigation is ongoing.
2: That area is freaky. I rode my bike by there yesterday when we were going right. downtown for lunch, and I saw, like, um, like these two crazy, drunk, homeless people like beating each other up, yeah. and then I saw because it 's right where the max track is, like right next to the old metro building well
1: it 's a weird confluence of, of worlds there because it 's all kinds of homeless people, but then from Friday evening to like early sunday morning it 's like dushonia uh,
3: it 's like the Baghdad of Portland.
1: Yes, yes, it is. Um, but and, you know, and then you get those, you know, those like you get the full on like goon patrol down there on the weekends, like all those club guys. Oh yeah, uh, they're all like named Antonio, uh, and they and so it's it just it's like the strangest combination of of you know of, uh, clashes of styles down there. Speaking, if you of, call it style. Speaking of of homeless uh, people, whatever happened to that dignity village place? Does that still exist? Well, it's still open. I don't know. Uh, I don't think there are any vacancies, but I mean, no. But people I people uh, tend to stay where they are at the moment. You can check in, Tim, but you can never leave. The, but, but I mean, is it still in existence? Because wasn't it like right down here by the station, underneath a bridge, at one point? And then I, they I were talking they about moved it to a dump. I thought it was under the Broadway Bridge. <laughs> I moved it to a dump. We're moving you to a sewer. Please pack your things. Uh, I think maybe somebody, and I think it might have been me, suggested that we just put it on a barge. Uh, you know, just sort of kick it out to sea, like one of those garbage scows that they have on the East Coast. Uh, I guess I don't really care all that much. As long as, Look, as long as it's
3: not in my backyard, Tim, that's what matters. Here's uh, Tim Riley at the news desk. Listen to this. Mean people are putting thumbtacks on the bike trail at Springwater Corridor. A lot of people ride bikes uh, there. Us sons of bitches, really? Yes. Mm-hmm. That makes me tra- angry. That's that a- should make everybody angry.
1: And I look, I know that I'm not much of a bike rider these days, but you know what? Uh, back when I uh, treated my body with respect, that's a great place to ride your bike. Oh, I
3: love it. And well, can- so far they counted 60 tacks.
1: That pisses me off. Some, whoever did that ought to be beaten savagely with a with a with a pipe.
3: And here's the worst part: now children are getting hurt, which means we're gonna have to do something now because. Somebody was walking around barefoot, and they stepped on tacks.
1: Uh, uh, I never walk around barefoot for that reason. Man, I've learned ever. never to walk
3: around barefoot ever.
1: No, I, I had never. I heard the foot doctor yesterday. Or is that why you, I didn't want to point out that you're stumping your way around the hallway, again, <laughs> well, limping like Tiny Tim? Well,
3: I had to go back. Tiny Tim.
1: I, you know, that's an unfortunate coincidence. I'm sorry. I, but you know, I've what, heard that before. I didn't. That was I, accidental. I, I anyway. Funny are you? No. <laughs> <But anyway. laughs> that never works.
3: No, anyway, I had to go back to get my foot checked again, because I, I I told this story a long time ago. I made the mistake of once, just once, going barefoot in Vegas. Oh, no, no, no. A- around what, what I thought was a sparkling pool area. <laughs> sparkling with glass. Uh, well, sparkling anyway, with disease. <laughs> so, uh, yes, yeah, so things started growing on my feet, and then they have to be burned <laughs> off with acid. Well, I had to go back again, because... They didn't get all of it, so they said, this time it's going to hurt a little more because we have to burn a little bit deeper. (laughs) So, Burn a little bit deeper. They they taped me back together, so now I'm waddling like a penguin for the holiday weekend. They taped me back together, so
1: I'm waddling like a penguin. Mm -hmm. That's great. So kids, don't go barefoot ever. I never do, and I don't know why that is. I was talking to my wife about this Just the other day. once could ruin your life. I have this whole Mr. Rogers thing I do. do you, let me ask you You guys, when you go home, do you change clothes the minute you get home?
3: Yes.
2: No, no, no. I have to stay in work mode until I'm ready for bed mode. Really? No, that's it, because that, that's how I have to separate my sleeping into shifts. So I will, I will stay there and like, go into my living room, like read a book, watch TV and stuff, and I'll only change it in my pajamas when it's time for a nap.
1: I don't even mean changing into your pajamas. I'm just changing it to different clothes. No. See, I, I, I do because I go dog walking. Yeah, see, and I just have this thing that the the instant I go home, uh, I, I change clothes for some reason. I don't know why, why? that is. I don't know like, now that I think into? about it. Just like a different variation. What I, a black T-shirt and jeans. I mean, the same thing I have on Wait, now. Wait, so you're
2: wearing that... <laughs> And but I'll go, go home and, put and I'll on... put on
1: a different shirt and jeans,
2: and then you eventually take a nap anyway. So you have to yes change to be at home by yourself. That's
1: a weird thing That's now that I think weird. about it. I I don't know why I do that. Um, but I change clothes, but it is like it is very much a Mr. Rogers deal. But here's the thing. But I but I cannot stand to be barefoot. Uh, I just can't. And my wife asked me about that. Like not even in the living room. Like at home, I will wear. Do you sleep uh, with your socks on. Uh, sometimes because my oh, feet I get can't. well, my feet get my feet get a little cold, and they always have. Uh, so that depends. Like during summer, though, I mean. That just depends on whether it's cold or not, because even no matter how warm the room is, somehow my feet are always, uh, they're always a little on the chilly side, so I'll wear socks sometimes, like during winter when I go to bed. But um, but I'm just like around the house, I can't be barefoot, so I will have socks and shoes on to the, uh, up until the moment I go to bed, and I take my shoes off right before I go to bed. Uh, you know, I'll get dre- undressed for bed, and I take my shoes off then, and I keep my shoes on the rest of them. I don't like to be uh, barefoot in the house. I don't like to be. It makes me sound crazy, but I don't like to be barefoot on carpet, on linoleum. I don't like to be barefoot at all. Sometimes I'll just have my socks on. You know, like if push comes to shove, I can walk around in socks. I despise being barefoot, much less outside. God, the idea of being barefoot outside is just—it freaks me out, and it makes me sound crazy. Now that the crazier and crazier, actually, the more I talk about it, but.
2: I and, and I I'm don't. Not kind of to freaked out to go back to the stripper pool this weekend and walk around in bare feet. Oh no, you're going to be covered in fungus. Like I
1: have to burn your toes off. Uh. They'll burn you with acid like they did with me yesterday. It's no picnic. You know, there's a woman who works here. I won't say who it is. Uh, H- so has fungus on her feet. No. no. Well, maybe. No. Yes.
3: Yes. No. Well, you know that for a fact. Yes. Okay. No. Uh, the
1: but yes. Anyway, I have this whole thing about not liking to be barefoot, but this woman we work with. I think I loves told you better. Loves bare feet. No, well, you know, she, she, uh, you know, what she cannot do. She cannot walk on lumpy grass. Did I tell
2: you this story? Lumpy grass.
1: You know how, like sometimes you, there's sir. a lawn. Like if somebody has a front yard that's really nice, let's say in Tim's neighborhood and the grass is very lush and it's smooth and you know it's smooth but you know what I mean the gra- the surface is very even the ground the lawn in front of their yard is very uniform but then if you're on like 82nd and you look at somebody's you know the front yard there's grass it's like lumpy and little, it looks a like patchy. this well but it's not even that it's patchy it looks like that it looks like a blanket that's been thrown over a bunch of potatoes
3: you know, where it's like the grass is all uneven. Yeah, the, the backyard of my house in St. John's is like that. Yeah. I mean, three people could be buried under there for all I know.
1: And I don't know how that happens.
3: I don't know. Maybe it's like
1: rocks or something and it's in the soil. Like, you know, it's like there's small, like there's you know, the big stones underneath there. But the lawn will be lumpy and uneven. And so this is the woman who accompanied me when we did the house to house thing. I used to do the thing where I would go door to door and thank people for listening. And occasionally we would pull up to a listener's house and there wouldn't be like a path. You would have to walk across the lawn to get to their house. Mm -hmm. And if the grass up front was like lumpy and uneven, she couldn't do it. And it was, and I thought she was just being like trying to be wacky. Like, look at my, look how, you know, look at, look, I'm unique. I have this phobia. But it became clear that it was not, it was like, it was not a put on. It was, it was, I mean, it was crazy to be sure, but it was like a very real, visceral reaction. She couldn't even watch me walk across lumpy uh, uh, grass. And I said, well, what happened? She goes, I don't know. I just start to sweat, <laughs> which is so, I mean, I guess uh, you know, all things being equal, we all have our uh, little slices of oddness. But yeah, I have this whole thing about not being barefoot. So, but you'll note that we did not point out the fact that you're limping everywhere.
3: Well, get used to it. It's going to be a few more weeks before they burn it all away. How do we? <laughs> I'm sorry,
1: Mr. Riley. It's going to be very, very painful. That's exactly what they said. And they are correct. <laughs> the guy like licking his lips and f- you know, holding a butcher knife. That's
3: no, a guy that looks like Keanu Reeves. Really? Yeah. Yeah. that's gonna be very painful. No, that sounds like Dick Cheney. Uh, how do we start talking about your feet? I don't remember. Hey, oh, but- I was talking about not going barefoot because people are throwing these tacks down on the bicycle trail. At oh yes, yeah, sons of bitches! Man, you you catch somebody doing that, you give them what for? I'll be your
1: alibi. You do what needs to be done. Because I don't bicycle at this point, but I mean, but that's a great place to cycle. And, you know, that is, that's no, that's. right. No, I
2: would be so mad, because you saw how pretty my bike is, and I don't want to get my tires that ruined. That flat
1: tire just sucks. The flat tire on your bike sucks more than anything else. It just is terrible. Somebody, by the way, sent me a video of uh, uh, Megan McCain, who I guess was on the Colbert Report uh, earlier this week. She was on a Monday. Mm-hmm. So now I'm waiting through this, uh, this like, Firebird. I guess it wouldn't be a Firebird commercial. Waiting for a, through a commercial for whatever uh, automaker is still in business that's advertising here. So, I'll have to uh, watch this uh, during the break and see if
3: she's hot well, here. I'll do a quick headline then. Well, let's uh, do it. Uh, uh, one man in uh, Battleground apparently was driving too fast on Northeast Manly Road when he crashed into traffic and went off the road. They discovered he wasn't breathing. They instructed bystanders how to uh, bring him back to life, and he was flown to the hospital. They're investigating the incident, but they believe alcohol and speed on Manly Road is what got him into this.
1: Excellent. Hey, by the way, I got two things. One, Rick Patty Davis took her mother Nancy Reagan's maiden name. That's what I thought. All right, so there you go. There's that. Maybe she was not fond of Ronald Reagan, or maybe she figured—is she a a liberal, Tim? Probably one of those Hollywood types. I see. Mm -hmm. Well, that uh, then it seems to uh, it stands to reason that she would shun the family name. And then, uh, speaking of that, I just got this uh, this spam. You want to talk about a group that chose their name badly? Would you like to join the CCRKBA? Yes. What did they do? (laughs) More than anything, I. It's uh, I don't know. It's some. It's uh, it's the Citizens Committee for the Right to, to Keep and Bear I mean It's one of those Obama's going to come take my guns uh, groups or whatever. But I, it seems like it comes with a better name than that. That's a completely non-intuitive name. It looks like I'm being asked to join something Soviet, if I do say so. Mm-hmm. All right, straight ahead. More from Tim Riley at the news desk at 7:40. The mystery guest, ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Duran uh, from GeekintheCity.com will be here at 8 o'clock to review uh, Terminator salvation uh and uh and uh, whatnot it's the rick emerson show it's rock 101 k-u-f-o broadcasting and adhd he treated me like a dirty whore hey free sex
0: the rick emerson show returns
1: Everyone. It's the Rick Emerson show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. Coming up here in about 15 minutes, we have the mystery guest.
2: The mystery guest.
1: By the way, I was just uh, watching this video clip of uh, Megan McCain, who's John McCain's hot daughter, on, uh, she was on the Don't stop
2: calling her John McCain's hot daughter.
1: <laughs> There's nothing about that statement that's incorrect. She was on the Colbert Report. She's
2: kind of freaky looking. See, she's you like think a she, big square man job. You think she looks like a hermaphrodite?
1: You, in fact, your <laughs> quote was: "She looks like she has man parts," and I don't see that at all. I can see that she's trashy looking, but to me, that's a that's a that's a plus. I give that a thumbs up.
2: No, I'm sorry. There's just something about her that is mannish. Like she, it looks like um, a man with makeup on.
3: Well,
1: I would say can that. Can you she's see got, it? No, well, not as such. But I will say this: I will say that she's got a bit of a fuller uh, uh, figure. And so, but th- th- because of that, she, um, I think th- the way that they have, I say with all my b- mad makeup skills, um, I think that the way they've done the makeup on her face, I think that they are trying to accent like her jawline and they're trying to make it smaller than it is because she's got a bit of a full face. Mm-hmm. So I think but that's what you're seeing. a full
2: face, it's a big jaw structure.
1: See, I don't see, see, I compare everything to Jessica Simpson. Uh, Jessica Simpson's the gold standard for trap jaw, and the, the, she doesn't have that uh, nearly to that degree. And oh, I'm Megan plus,
2: totally has a gnashing jaw
1: and I'm just, a gnashing jaw. She's <laughs> about to grind up metal. I'm just uh, distracted by the fact that she's so uh, so obviously uh, just, uh, just just dirty yes, why? in every way. Is what? That
2: she's bootylicious.
1: Yes, girlfriend. <laughs> Tim Riley is at the news desk, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. My, my fault. Are we, doing the, are we revealing the mystery guest identity yeah, to the let's audience? let do a
2: couple headlines with Tim, and then you're going to have to leave the room, and Nibbler's right. going to come in so that we can tell the audience.
1: All right, here's your personal savior guys. at the news desk. It is Tim Riley. Wait. Yeah.
3: In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 727. It's going to be a beautiful, sunny holiday week. As a matter of fact, it's going to be sunny all the way through, like, next Wednesday or Thursday. Daytime highs in the 70s. Downtown crime wave. Uh, first, we have another shooting. This is not downtown, but a little bit further than that. In the 900 block of North Ainsworth Street, cops under a report of a shooting shortly after 11 o'clock last night. The victim of a man was taken to an area hospital whose condition is not known. Then a man found stabbed to death in Old Town. Northwest Davis closed out between Natal Parkway and 2nd, as the investigation continues. And was that this morning or last night? Uh, this morning. Right. Stabbed to death. Then we have uh, other things to talk about, like the Happy Valley Man charged with robbing a Milwaukee gas station with a squirt gun. Clackamas County K-9 Nero found 24-year-old John Herman hiding in a shopping cart in the Winco parking lot.
1: Every time I hear this story, there's just more questions that aren't answered. Like, how how do you let a guy rob
3: you if he has a squirt gun? That is true. Well, a
2: lot of squirt guns can look like real guns.
3: I don't think that's true. I it think you're true. making that up. No, no, no. It could be an old squirt gun. Oh, if it was an old
1: one. If it was one from like many years ago. Because I think now they all have to be fluorescent green or something. I believe so. Yeah. But this yeah. is an old school squirt gun. I see. You know what they the ought to do? The kids used to have. Hey, here's a, here's a tip to you criminal uh, uh, masterminds. You ought to start making real guns that look like toy guns. There you go. Really throw the man off his game. Oh, that's freaky. I gotta play. Look, I gotta, you know, be fair here. I can't just always be giving tips to, to the law and order, sort of thing, Sarah. No. So, you, uh, you know, uh, sort of a superhero uh, villain guy. Uh, yeah, just uh, you just, uh, like a bright pink squirt gun looking thing that uh, fires just, uh, you know, like a death ray. There you go. Am I leaving the room so you can talk about the mystery guest?
2: Yes, yeah, well, we were just going to let them, um, so yeah, we can go back to Tim, but we'll tell uh, the people really quick who All it right. is.
1: I had this whole complicated thing where I was going to put, uh, like, an MP3 player on and headphones on, and I was going to listen to Slayer while the mystery guest's identity was revealed, but it's easier just to leave the room. You have to go into a soundproof booth. I'm going to stand over there outside the outside of
2: the room. Okay, so just stand and look um, All right. creepily through the window. All right, hold on, I'll just uh, wait for Hi, you Greg Nibbler.
3: Come back. Uh, hello. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, please okay. stand by for the identity of the mystery guest.
2: Okay, so Rick's outside being yes. creepy, like, looking through the window. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the guest that we booked, her name is Tammy Lynn. Tammy Lynn. And she's talking about five signs your maid is about to leave you for a younger woman. All right. And she wrote the book, How to Heal Your Heart and Soul from Divorce. She's <laughs> jaded. She's angry. And she was n- she's not going to like Rick.
7: Uh, no, absolutely not.
2: No, she and seems... you've, you've had some email correspondence. I, right? I
3: have. Yes. And actually, I she's just... a bitter woman. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you should read the bio. Yes. Her, yeah, I have her like bio. And it's just like, after my husband left me for 16. 16- okay. Infidelity can be soul-crushing, especially if, women who's, uh, if you're, especially if you're a woman whose husband leaves them for a younger mate. So, uh, that does I'm taking my her. cat in the
3: trailer and go, go cross-country.
2: Yes. All right, yes. So that's, that's who we will be calling.
3: Yeah, it is going to be Fantastic. incredible.
2: It's going to be incredibly uh, yeah, amazing. That's, that's
3: it, it's like revealed. the Nixon Frost interview.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be one of the records. It's
3: very similar. Okay. Okay. Very no, similar. you can't check your email. Why?
1: Oh, because somebody might tell me. Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll, don't look I'll, at anything. Oh no, no, no! I'll minimize it. All right. Okay. Well, here's what I'll do. Yeah, just I won't check my inbox. Okay. Um. Well, here's the thing. Now I wasn't nervous about it before, but now that the audience knows who it is, now I'm kind of nervous. You bastards! Don't be. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. That always works.
2: Now not you're not cut all. off from all technology for the next ten minutes, and then when we come back, you get to know. All right. So. I, no, actually, just reading it out loud makes me nervous for you.
1: Mm. <laughs> see, why do you got to say that? <laughs> because right. we do. So lay out, Let's lay out the ground rules here, because here's a little okay, peek so see, behind I the curtain. Had this
2: sheet. I'm going to give you that much information. It's like three-quarters of a page. Well, except for a lot of spaces. And so, I, and then I have a piece of paper here for you that has her name. This is
1: confusing. How many? Why are there more? Why is there more than one piece of paper? Because this is
2: the one you get. You don't get the one with all the notes and fun stuff on it. Because you were so cocky about last time. You why said,
1: does the one with the notes and fun stuff even exist? Why did you type out a I'm, big one if I don't get it? Because
2: I'm going to read it to you while she's on hold. I'm going to tell you the copy points. But then here is the name of the book, the person, and um, the subject. This could all just
1: talking. be on one piece of paper. You could just hand me the whole thing.
2: No, but you can't. That would be too easy. Though. You're not
1: going to really give me that piece of paper. Or you're going to hold that one back.
2: No, I'm not going to give you the info paper. You said you said that it was too easy, that Greg and I made it too easy for you last time. So yes. I just want to give you a little more of wait, a challenge, do, Rick.
1: Wait, hold on. Do I get the additional information or not?
2: You you get it spoken to you. You don't get it in front ah, of
1: you. Ah, okay. So let's... Okay, so here's the... So the, uh, so the mystery guest... Oh, and here's a little peek behind the curtain. For a while, if you were on hold waiting to get on the air, you weren't able to hear the show. It was just silence. But that's been fixed... So now, if you're on hold, like if you were on hold right now, you would hear me speaking. So uh, this is
2: going to be a like a like a juggling act. Like Nibbler's going to really have to help us with this
1: because I'll do a straightforward interview, but the guest doesn't know that they're part of an over like a larger bit. So uh, this is. So- i just got
2: an email from a listener saying, "Oh my gosh, you and Nibbler are brilliant."
1: <laughs> so you're going to have to <laughs> distract the guest while Sarah does the setup. Okay, so, so th- it'll take
2: me like twenty like twenty five seconds to do the setup. So I can okay, cu- second, so let Rick know.
1: So let's just so let's just go through the numbers uh, what one by one because I, I want to make sure. Okay, so I get how much. How much time do I get in seconds from the minute you start telling me about the guest till I have to pick up the phone?
2: Uh, the minute I start telling you about it is when Nibbler's going to get on the phone and call her.
1: Well, I should, I'll probably have her on the phone even before yeah, that. Yeah, he should have her on the phone way before that.
2: Okay. Because otherwise it's so going to be I awkward waiting around. Be, I'll give you all the information, then you can take your notes, like 30 seconds.
1: All right, 30 seconds. Uh, and then I get uh, th- that bullet points. You're going to hand me some bullet points and you might throw me a couple other uh, things out loud. Yes, verbally. I'll tell you. I'll
2: tell you some things out loud, but I'll give you right. the information so that way she can properly pitch And I got to do.
1: And the interview's got to be three minutes long.
2: Three minutes, yeah. And all I right. need the bell so that we can.
1: All right, and okay. is the name going to be difficult to pronounce? No, it's okay. very
2: easy. All right, yes.
1: Well, let's do
3: uh, one more news story here, and then we come back. We'll do the uh, mystery guest. Here's Tim Riley. Our, well, all right. Well, John Stewart <laughs> had Larry King on his program.
1: Had Larry, okay, that, that's it. I'm calling CNN, and I'm going to ask
3: them to book us Larry King.
2: We deserve Larry King. Well,
3: you know, they booked TV people for us before. Because we, you know, we were... Within, well,
2: okay. and Steve mom's like his good friend now.
3: I'm all over that. Okay. So he calls Larry King a degenerate. Oops, hang on. It's my problem at my end. He calls Larry, Larry King. King
7: a degenerate. I didn't realize until I read this, you are a degenerate. <laughs> Because no, you not true. When I see him on television, I
5: think,
1: what, what a, a lovely man he's an interviewer. He, he's all
7: that you don't skill.
1: Exactly. You don't think to yourself, gee, I wonder what he was doing in 1973 at four in the morning.
6: <laughs> this book, <laughs> this book shows no. you're
1: lucky to really
5: be I, I alive. Not, I, <laughs> I know degenerates. <laughs> but, <laughs> But I have never been to, for example, I go to Las Vegas, I bet horses. I like horse racing. Mm -hmm. It's fun. You ought to
1: try it, John. In fact, you could be a jockey. Oh. Yeah, he could. Okay, Larry K's got more spark than I give him credit for. I think that maybe CNN, that TV show he does, I think I've kind of forgotten uh, that he was, you know, he's a radio guy for a long time. And that doing that, you know, the kind well, they
3: give him the, the cards of the same questions regardless of what guest he has.
1: And you know, when you do the radio super, because you're, you're basically—I uh, hate the word improvising—because it makes you sound like you're some jackass at a comedy club, uh, you know, like, like in uh, Malala. But um, you know, but I mean, you're just making it up as you go along to some degree. It is—it is. You uh, have more time. Yeah, it is improvisational. Where you are, it's a little bit seat of your pants, and that does give you a certain quickness that Larry King still has, obviously. Um, I'm going to ask CNN. It may not happen. It, it, he may be too, too He may be too big for us. But I'm going to ask CNN if we can if we can get Larry King because he's pushing and why that book. is Larry book.
2: King on everything. Oh, is it because of the book? Yeah, he's got that new like book coming out. He's His everybody owes
1: just Larry King a favor. Yeah, I mean, and he's, you know, he's he's really pushing this new collection of memoirs. Alright, uh, just i no King. leave you with this It's my ball game,
7: <laughs> So to speak yeah. <laughs> um. all right.
1: uh, So when we come uh, back here The mystery guest, ladies and gentlemen Later on, Aaron Duran will be here at 8 o'clock to review Terminator Salvation We'll count on the top 5 crazy robot films Tim Riley has more news as well It's the Rick Emerson Show, it's Rock 101 KUFO
0: More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments
1: Wow, well, to appreciate that girl You really gotta put on your meth goggles Only
0: on Rock 101 KUFO
1: it's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101, KUFO. Thank you for joining us. Who's
2: excited?
1: Oh, it's me.
2: You haven't looked at your email, have you?
1: No, no, I uh, I almost did, then I stopped myself. So I don't think anybody would ruin this. Ride. Nobody would tip me off. So the mystery guest coming up here in just a moment. Uh, I will have 30 seconds uh, notice.
2: Okay, Greg has her on the phone now.
1: Okay, I will find out with 30 seconds notice who the guest is and what the guest is. talking. It's a woman, what she's talking about. Uh, and then i will have to conduct a 3 minute interview with this guest
2: and i have my bell so every minute that goes by you'll hear a.
1: excellent fantastic all right uh tim let's do like uh, two headlines here and then we'll uh then we'll be joined by the mystery guest
3: Did the pest control man think his wife was the biggest pest and poison her to death we'll find out that dark sticky residue that's showing up on homes in clark county has been identified it is species but it's not human to whom does it belong All right, Sarah, are we
1: uh, starting the countdown now?
2: Yes. All right. So, quick second. Okay. Are you ready? Okay,
1: yes. Who is the mystery guest?
2: You today will be speaking with Tammy Lynn, who's talking to you about five signs your mate is about to leave you for a younger woman. The book is How to Heal Your Heart and Soul from Divorce. She wrote the book after her 16-year marriage fell apart because her husband left her for a younger woman. You are
1: an awful person.
2: Tammy wasn't able to clearly see the signs of unfaithfulness because they were obscured by her busy lifestyle. So she'll reveal how to spot the warning signs of adultery, such as when your husband asks you to make changes to your appearance or makes new friendships that don't include you, and how easy it is for your husband to walk out on you and leave you penniless.
3: You can be just like Oprah.
2: Tammy Lynn, How to Heal Your Heart and Soul from Divorce, Five Signs Your Mate is About to Leave You for a Younger Woman. I'm
1: going to kill you all and burn your bodies in a trash bin. All right, that's great.
2: Best of continued. Tammy success. Lynn.
1: Is that her full name? That's First name Tammy, last name Lynn.
2: Tammy Lynn.
1: Uh, all right. How to heal, heal your heart and soul from <laughs> divorce? Five signs your mate is about to leave you for a younger woman. Is that the subtitle?
2: That's just what the uh, that's the subject of the article is How to
1: heal side. your heart and soul? Okay, let let Greg know that whenever. All right. uh, um, kill you all. All right, so uh, and so it's seven forty five. Seven forty five. Just keep just keep doing the time check. It's seven forty five. Yes, it is, Tim. It's the Rick Emerson Show uh, on Rock One Hundred One KUFO. Let's welcome now the author of the book How to Heal Your Heart and Soul from Divorce, uh, Tammy Lynn, joining us now on the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, Tammy Lynn, how are you today, Tammy?
0: I'm good. And yourself?
1: Uh, I am fantabulous, uh, Tammy. It's a, it's another glorious morning in Portland, Oregon. The birds are chirping and the sun is shining and all is right with the world.
0: Plus, it's a holiday weekend, so it makes it even better.
1: Well, that's true, because, you know, then I get to sleep in, which, uh, you know, I don't get to do enough of that. So, uh, what uh, what is the one lesson uh, that you would like people to, to come away from your book with uh, that uh, that uh, perhaps wouldn't be, be obvious, the one thing they, they might not think they're going to learn that they learn?
0: Well, the fact that you're actually going to be okay after your divorce, my book really focuses quite a bit on the emotional process of getting through. You know the uncertain time that you're going through the divorce, and a lot of times it's really hard to see that it's you're going to be okay. But actually, I found that my life is so much better actually post-divorce. So I had to hold on to that hope.
1: Now, uh, uh, why uh, now? This is obviously uh, uh, to some degree this is drawn uh, from lessons you you have learned as you've gone through uh, uh, challenges in in your own life. But um, is the book only about uh, dealing with uh, the the uh, the baggage of um, of Uh, when your your mate leaves you for a younger woman, uh, or are these lessons that you could apply to any sort of divorce uh, scenario?
0: It's actually any sort of divorce scenario, and I just have, I guess, certain experience, unfortunately, in that area, because my ex did leave me for a younger woman. However, the book truly would um, be pertinent to anybody who's going through a divorce. It's really trying to help people through that really sad time, that really uncertain time in their life
1: and uh, and so then how, how what was how long after this uh, unfortunately uh, happened to you what was the time frame when you felt like you were able to get enough distance that you could that you could work it into a book
0: Well, I actually wrote the book about a year after my ex left me however, um, one of the things I say is that truly the timeline is really up to the individual mm-hmm. in that as far as healing because some people can heal immediately if they take the time and effort towards really you know actually committing to healing. And some people, it can be years and years and years, and they're still st- stuck in that you know old patterns of behavior. So I really think it's up to the individual and their level of commitment to healing and getting better.
1: So what's uh, maybe uh, one of the less obvious signs uh, that, uh, that your mate is about to leave you for, uh, for a younger woman?
0: Well, one of the less obvious signs I would say is major changes in your sex life, especially if your sex life actually increases, <laughs> because you may think all is good and well, but it could be just the fact that the person you're with is all of a sudden feeling like, "Wow, I'm really you know kind of a stud now, I'm going out with a younger woman." And so they may actually pay more attention to you as well.
1: <laughs> more uh, more revitalized. Exactly. <laughs> Is uh, Now, would you recommend, um, uh, did you, did you uh, find that you use the services of a private detective of some kind, or were these things that, uh, were you able to, to learn these the hard way, so to speak?
0: Well, I learned it the hard way, and obviously, you know, go, looking back, 2020, you have hind, hindsight. Yes. And so that's why I wrote the book, too, to be able to give people insight so that perhaps they could learn things without having to do the hard road like I did.
1: All right. Uh, Tammy Lynn, the uh, the book is How to Heal Your Heart and Soul uh, from Divorce. If people want to know more about this book, how can they find out, Tammy?
0: Well, it's available on Amazon.com, and it's also available on BarnesandNoble.com. So um, they can go right there and just look up my book, How Excellent. to Heal Your Heart and Excellent.
1: And, uh, of course, the listeners all want to know, uh, Tammy, have you found love again?
0: Yes, actually, I have um, found some very wonderful people that I've been dating. I'm not remarried at this point because um, I enjoy my life right now and I'm I'm not eager to go ahead and, and hook up as far as marriages right now. But, yes, I have found love. And, actually, that's one of the positive things, is even though the divorce rate is quite high in this country, the flip side of that is that there's a lot of available people at any age. So that's the good part.
2: Uh,
1: the uh, Every cloud does have a uh, silver lining, I'm told. All right, uh, yeah. Tammy, thank you so much. The, the book is How to Heal Your Heart and Soul from Divorce. You have a great holiday weekend, Tammy.
0: You too. Thank you right. so much. Thank you.
1: Tammy Lynn, ladies and gentlemen, uh, author of... How to heal your heart and soul? For you are an awful person. You are a terrible person. You are gonna be tormented by the guy with the horns and the stick just for the longest time, and you die. I'm sorry. I found that very amusing. You...
2: Be, sure Temi, be sure to let you, you to be
1: sure uh, to let Tammy know that you found it to be that you found it to be. You are a terrible person. It never, in my wildest imaginings, would I have thought that that was the book. You are a bad, bad
3: woman. But you know, it's going to sell a million copies now that she's been on the show. Well, I like it. you can be the new Oprah. I just like to think that I'm a it's kingmaker amazing, in that way. All
2: these years, I can still surprise you.
3: Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, boy, there was there was.
2: I have never seen you. I'm sorry. I need to control myself. Hang on. <sighs>
1: I just sensed that I've it was just... I've never
2: seen you so uncomfortable. Well, it
1: was just... I just sensed that any... any There was just landmines everywhere there. I was just... <laughs> it was fraught with potential disaster. Have you found... You have you that? found love again? What kind <laughs> oh of a retard God. asks have you found love again? <laughs> Me? That's who?
3: Jesus. Well, I think God. that's a question on the minds of many.
1: Uh, and then, of course, all the... Here's the other thing about doing that is that all the questions that first come to mind... Like, when I see the... Five signs your mate is about to leave you for your younger woman... When you first see that like all the questions you want to ask you realize you can't because there's obviously a certain amount of bitterness in in Tammy um understandably so perhaps the, but all the stuff you want to ask like so what does she look like uh, you know the, the, what do you look like Tammy how did it, how did you find out where is he living now is he happy uh, like all the things you want to know just the, the sort of uh, human nature questions that come to mind well then you should bring it back on again yeah like I like I wanted to ask like has he subsequently left the younger woman for an even younger woman but it's like you can't ask any of those questions because I sense that she was
2: yeah and I'm the bad person you want to ask those questions I'm
1: saying <laughs> I, but I didn't is the point uh, I didn't ask them because I didn't want to be rude but
2: Sir, this is and this is the good one too P.S like the I mean, one this
1: is the good one
2: <laughs> remember how I told you next week we Greg and I found um.
1: Oh, here's another thing, by the way. Even though you fed me this before, you told me, like, you know, Tammy, you gave me some of the bullet points from the book, like the emotional ramifications of being a stay-at-home mom. This one, how easy it is for your husband to walk out and leave you penniless. Note that I didn't ask that either. I I didn't ask any of those questions, I just said, because I don't want to be a jerk. But human nature is human nature, and so those are the things you immediately think of. But I didn't say, so what's it like to be left penniless, Tammy? Please, please tell our, our audience who wants to laugh their uh, their morning away.
2: Well, you should have been like that was went a lot better than I thought it would because her emails were very
1: a little, <laughs> a little brusque and uh, yeah. little, uh, a little a uh, little pointed, perhaps. You came across as very caring. Well, it's because Rick Emerson uh, is and a sympathetic nurturing. person. Tim, I have empathy. I'm nurturing. I am very paternal in those ways. So
2: this, was, I feel like we all learned something this morning. Was
1: was this the was this the backup guest?
2: No, this was the first guest. Oh, God. Our backup guest, no, the one I was telling you about for next week. All right. I, I, there is no way to prepare you.
1: So when am I doing this? See, when so am now, I doing the next see, mystery guest? I like is. the fact that that you something? look a
2: little uncomfortable because you don't know which I'm direction I'm extremely gonna...
1: uncomfortable. Because if you
2: didn't see that coming, like, you are How would I ever over... have seen that coming? <laughs>
1: I I expected it to be, I, I have no idea what I expected it to be, actually. And you keep I keep
2: expecting it to be like the um, lesbians talking about things or something.
1: Right? The, there was that lesbians teach sex tips for straight men. I keep expecting it to be that.
2: No, that's way, way, way
1: too they're, they're booked way ahead of time. And there was that one that I saw that was like behind the scenes. What goes on behind the scenes at a dog show? And that was the other one I anticipated. The, uh, I will say that I wasn't nervous until I knew that the audience knew who it was. Because, like, with the last mystery guest, it was like they we were all learning at the same time. And so there was solidarity. Now it's like Rick Emerson out on the open road by himself. Jesus. All right. Really? Well, on that note. Uh, let's, uh, let's let's take a breather. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Duran coming up, uh, ladies and gentlemen, at the top of the hour. He'll be reviewing uh, Terminator Salvation. And uh, Tim Riley, what stories are you uh, tracking for the people today?
3: Well, Anne Namo of Federal Way never had the opportunity to find love again. She was killed with rat poison, and Uh-oh. now her pest control husband is under arrest. Then we found what the sticky residue is turning up on the sides of homes of Richfield. It is indeed feces, but not from a human. We'll tell you
1: what animal created that feces when we come back. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO.
7: I'm awful
3: KUFO
1: Portland. Okay, I don't know what. Whatever it is, it's not right on a teleprompter. I don't know what that is. I've never seen that.
5: What don't you f- understand? I can't read it. There's no there's no words on it. For sake, man, you're amateur. There's no words there to play us out. What does that mean to play us out? What don't you get about it? I don't know what that means to play us out. What does that mean? For f- sake, to end the show. Think for one f- second. All right, go go. And by, uh.
1: Oh, that's tomorrow, and that is a.
5: No!
6: Yeah. let right, Let's go again. Three.
1: That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today, and we will leave you with a. I can't do it. This is the
5: second time that he doesn't do it. We'll do it, it live. Okay. Let's go again! We'll do it live! F- do it live! I can go, I'll write it, and we'll do it live! Seriously, man, you and me, we're f- done. F- thing sucks! I'm gonna f- kick your fing ass. You know, oh, shut my up,
3: for
1: it's funny because it's true it's the rick emerson show it's rock 101 kufo friday morning thank you for joining us 503-228-4101 uh some bits of business to get through here don't forget you go to uh kufo.com right now Look for that Land of the Lost banner that's right in the middle of the page, about uh, halfway down the middle of the page. Look for the Land of the Lost banner. You click on it. You submit your own 60-second Land of the Lost script. That's about 120 words, uh, give or take, at KUFO.com. So you do that right now. Go to KUFO.com. You look for the Land of the Lost banner, you click on it, submit your own 60-second script. The five best submissions uh, win passes to the Land of the Lost uh, KUFO premiere June 2nd and also have your script performed next week uh, right here by the cast and crew of The Rick Emerson Show. So you go to KUFO.com, click on the Land of the Lost banner, submit your script, and uh, the five best you win passes uh, to the movie, and then we perform the script on the air. Uh, for the end of this hour, we give away the final set of Max Fleischer Superman DVDs from 1941-1942. That's coming up, and then uh, it's a little bit of a little geek check here. Hold on, let me uh, bring this up. Um, So... um this is going to be uh, a week from yesterday. It's going to be next Thursday, and I meant to announce this on the show yesterday. I said that it was going to, and I didn't, so I announced it. I, w- I put it on my blog and on the uh, the, f- the Facebook and the-, and the Twitter and so forth. Um, next Thursday, uh, we are going to be interviewing Don Rolich, and you may not know who Don Rolich is. You may not know his name, uh, but you know his work. He is the lead programmer and creator for the video game Oregon Trail. Uh, which oh, so cool? Yeah, resonates in a lot of ways with all kinds of people. So anyway, so next Thursday we're gonna talk to Don Rolich, who created, along with two other guys, the game Oregon Trail.
2: How did you usually die? My oxen always drowned.
1: Uh, well, everybody kind of remembers the you know you died of dysentery, mm-hmm. but that's thing. I always got to, it was like you would try to cross a river and then you would just get screwed yeah, trying to ford f- the river. I
2: starved a lot. Too. I
1: starved all the time. Yeah. I think I died of dysentery. Just. If you don't know what we're talking about, I guess that sounds like gibberish. Um, Oregon Trail was a video game. We'll talk more about it next week. But the video game that came out in 1981, I think, is the first time it came out, and it was a game, not even, not really a role-playing game as such, but it was sort of an adventure game. But it was originally mainly text, and you were. You know, he was like, you are there, you know, on the Oregon Trail, trying to survive and trying to make it all the way out to the West Coast and whatever. But it it, it got a lot of popularity. And I thought it was just a Northwest thing. And it's not the case. Uh, when I was at the out at Northwest 32 and I was taping Outlook Portland, we were having a discussion during the break. And everybody on the floor crew for the TV show had played it. And they were like in their mid 20s. And they were everybody was from a different state. Somebody was from New York, somebody was from Florida. They all played Oregon Trail. But for a long time, it was one of the only video games they would let you play in school because it was deemed to be educational. Anyway, so the huge impact... Uh, and so uh, we located the guy who is the lead author of the Game Oregon Trail. We're going to talk to him next Thursday. That's going to be uh, fantastic. Uh, in moments, we will have uh, our segment with Aaron Geek in the city Duran. Aaron Duran, uh, what are we uh, going to be
7: talking about today? Uh, I will be talking about the... Oh, I sound wonderful. Yeah, you sound... Wow, you uh,
2: sound as hungover as you look. <laughs>
7: yeah, it's good times. Uh, I will be talking about Terminator Salvation. What's wrong with your voice? Is, it, is this, so Are you kidding? what did you do last night? How Was much this? beer did you drink? Oh, this is a hangover thing. This is... Yes. you not kidding. No, oh, no, no. I had lots of beers last night. That's... That's great. Uh, Last night. Is and the, the every, Once a month, the lo, uh, local game store does an adult game night where they don't let any kids in, and then you're encouraged to have beer and pizza and, and game all night long. I'm
1: sure you need a lot of encouragement. No, 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 Aaron, <laughs> keep drinking. No, no, no my God, more. man, you've got to drink.
2: So what time did you get to bed?
7: Uh, it's one thirty.
2: Well, I commend you for still dragging your ass out of bed and yeah. coming to the studio.
7: Yeah, That's geez. not so bad. It's like seven
1: hours of sleep.
2: Well, Yeah.
1: That's, no, I, that, I mean, I'm just saying. It's, you know, it's, it's, yeah, uh, but
7: alcohol sleep isn't restful sleep. Well, that's true, I guess. You're it's 80-tossy of... turn sleep.
2: <laughs> and then you sober up in the middle of the night, and then it wakes you up. And you yeah, know, and then, then you're
7: like, oh, I'm so thirsty. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, so we'll talk about Terminator Salvation. Yeah, uh, Terminator Salvation. And then I just got some information about Will Ferrell appearing on Man vs. Wild as, uh, what's his name? As, Man... uh, as Marshall. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. That is fantastic. All right, we'll have uh,
1: all that coming up. Uh, let's pay a visit to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley.
4: In the news with Tim Riley.
3: That dark, sticky substance that showed up Monday on the side of a home in Richfield has been identified. Now, the homeowner thought the substance might have been human waste, blinked out of a passing airplane. Well, he's partially right. The mystery mess is indeed feces, but not that of a human. You see, this home is next to 40 acres of blueberries. Bluers attack bees. They eat them, and what goes in must come out. Well, no one disputes that, certainly.
1: That just seems to have an underpinning of scientific accuracy to it. But I don't think I've ever heard of this happening. Wouldn't this have been a phenomenon that was known? I guess my point is, if he has a house next to 40 acres of blueberries, this it's not like the first time it would have happened.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Wouldn't this have happened at some point in the past? In other words, like, it wouldn't be
3: a maybe big mystery. Maybe he just moved in
1: here. Well, okay, that's true. Maybe he's new to the area, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But wouldn't you figure that there's some guy standing around in overalls, chewing on some straw or something, goes, That goes, there's bee pooping, or
7: whatever, and, like, he's sort of, like, able to clear it up for everybody? Mm-hmm. Maybe, they, maybe they've been saving it up for one full assault. <laughs> maybe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this will be our first strike against the humans. <laughs> Victory is ours. <laughs> 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 that
3: was really weird just there. I'm sorry. Here's Tim Riley. That is true. Mary Kay Letourneau and Vili <laughs> Falau will be the special guests in Hut for Teacher Night at a Seattle bar. That's awesome. That is so cool. The manager of the bar, Mike Morris says it should be a great show. It definitely draws a crowd
7: that is interested in meeting Mary and Billy and they come down and they they when they get to meet her, they they realize what a nice person she is.
2: Nobody disputes that she's not nice. I mean, she <laughs> certainly
7: I could say
1: depending on who you are, I think maybe <laughs> she goes above and beyond the call of duty to be nice, but I I I will say this. I mean, it's cuz he's God, there's. I mean, we're we're all so old now. Because he's what? He's in his mid twenties at this point, isn't he? Because they got multiple kids and and stuff. Um. So I, one must say, he was twelve. She was thirty four. <laughs> it's a match made in heaven, Tim. The I mean, whatever you can say about about her, uh, seeming to have like crazy, uh, like Amanda Fritz eyes, and him just being creepy. The uh, you got to give it up. The fact that they're still together. I mean, you know, it's uh, they I mean, whether it's whether it's crazy or not, it does seem to uh, it does seem to
3: work for them. Here's Tim Riley. Speaking of nice people, there's Megan McCain making the talk show circuit. Yeah, yeah. When I
5: first heard it, I was really upset. I was like, why would someone call me fat about this? And it has nothing to do with anything. And I, I called my friend in L.A. and she goes, girl, turn on Bootylicious by Destiny's Child. It's going to make you feel so much better. And I did. And I was like, yeah, that's right. It doesn't mean anything. And then I just started talking to my friends and thinking about how stupid it was. Yeah. And I felt better.
1: I'm a big fan of hers. I bet we could get her on the show. She has
2: really significant
1: problems. You
2: know, I don't like it when you talk
1: badly about Meghan McCain, Sarah. I (laughs) won't say my
2: Meghan McCain.
1: My Meghan. (laughs) But she's like Larry King. She's clearly out uh, pushing something or other. And in this case, I think the product is her. uh, Because, again, they're going to try to use her to blunt Sarah Palin's uh, political uh, ambitions as we get closer to 2012.
3: You can have that kind of Republican or this kind of Republican. At the beginning of the program,
5: there was only one focused and all important purpose. We sought. And we, in fact, obtained specific information on terrorist plans.
1: It doesn't really seem like they could be part of the same party. <laughs> execute
3: orders. Leave my to torture
1: program alone. Hey, did you see? Uh, she was on Anderson Cooper last night. Did you see? Um, uh, not Mary Cheney. It's Teresa Cheney. I think it's the uh, the, the non the non gay daughter that was on that uh, was on Anderson Cooper because she's now. She's now uh, like Meghan McCain. It's weird, actually. Everybody, nobody st- ever talks about her. No, but you know. But now that I think about it, it's strange because they've taken they've gone a step beyond having a lot of those like like Ann Coulter fembot types out there, just sort of on the panel shows as just flax. Now they're actually pushing them into party roles because a Dick Cheney's daughter, um, the one that never got brought up during the campaign, is she's actually it has some position with the RNC. She, by the way, is kind of a looker herself. But boy, just. You get about three words out of her, and it's it's like all you can do not to just not to just throw a brick at the television. It's, it's very very irritating to hear her speak. The thing about Meghan McCain is she obviously is making a huge play to have some sort of role in the Republican Party, so I think the uh, the odds are pretty good that we could uh, we could have her on here. One final note on Bootylicious, and then we'll uh, take a break. We'll come back. Aaron Duran uh, be uh, with us here in a few. Uh, do you ever hear a song? that it it in and of itself, it's not like it's a bad song, and the place you're at is not a bad place, but the two don't go together at all. I went to Powell's, and when I was at Powell's, in that coffee shop they have there, whoever the person that was was working the counter at the Powell's coffee shop was playing that that Beyoncé CD that had Bootylicious on it. And it was the weirdest thing. You're sitting there and you're... You know, surrounded by people drinking chai tea, and, you know, with tweed uh, jackets with patches on the elbows, and then you're hearing licious playing. But it was just like two or three days ago. It's the strangest, like uh, juxtaposition of things. Uh, straight ahead, Aaron Duran reviews Terminator Salvation, ladies and gentlemen. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It is Guns and Roses. It's Friday morning on Rock 101 KUFO.
3: The Rick Emerson Show, available anytime. Anywhere. Visit
1: KUFO.com right now. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Tim Riley, what headlines are we tracking on this Friday morning for the people?
3: Well, it looks like Sarah Palin has hired a ghostwriter to write her hard-hitting memoir.
1: That's funny. I just saw on television the other day, somebody, her name rhymed with Sarah Palin, claimed that she wasn't going to hire a ghostwriter.
3: She's <laughs> Lynn Vincent. She's a Christian conservative no. and the features editor of World Christian Views magazine.
1: That's fantastic, actually. See, the, the great thing about it is is that the jostling has already begun because you got Sarah Palin, you got, uh, what is it, Dick Cheney's uh, daughter, and then you got uh, Meghan McCain, who apparently, by the way, later on in this Colbert uh, Report interview, talks uh, very... Uh, vociferously about being pro-sex. So, just uh, think on that. Mm. Alright. Hello, Aaron Duran hey. from GeekInTheCity.com.
7: Did you hear our uh, sterling interview with uh, Terminator Salvation director Mick G earlier today? I did indeed, and um, boy, I wish I could have been here for that interview.
2: Just... Oh, for the Tammy Lynn one?
7: No, no, for Mick no, G. For oh, Mick okay. gee Seems like a good guy. Um, Seems like a good guy who's, uh, man, He's clearly he's passionate about making films and, and loves films and loves the grandeur of cinema. But just couldn't make one, you know, work if his life depended on it.
1: It's I have uh, there have been, as they say, decidedly mixed reviews on some of his films, including Terminator Salvation with everybody saying great. You know, all that stuff you say about a summer film. It's a thrill
7: ride. It's a crowd pleaser. I've heard other people say that it's uh, kind of best intentions, but a but a, a swing and a miss. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's not even a, a crowd pleaser. I got I got bored with it. I I saw the film with Don Taylor sitting next to me, and about every 10 minutes, we were trying very hard not to openly laugh at certain scenes in the movie. Really? Yeah, and so, I mean, the basic premise is that this was going to be the man versus machine war movie that Terminator fans have have really wanted ever since the hinting of, you know, the post-judgment day, the war of the machines. Because Terminator 3, for all its flaws, wasn't as bad as I think people... Not a bad film at all. No, I mean, I think if it hadn't been called
1: Terminator... If it had just been a story, if it had been an action film that had this sort of man versus technology bent, it would have been received a lot more warmly. But it had, yeah. but it's like, how do you top Cameron? I mean, it's just impossible.
7: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. But with that one, it had such a bleak, dark ending with humanity being nuked and yeah. John Connor being tricked into that bomb shelter. Right. And we thought, OK, well, right. We are going to get the man versus machine war that we've always wanted. And Mick G even said, man, I film this as a gritty, almost like Vietnam style war film." So People were jazzed. You don't get that. Is it, uh, is it slickness? Is it too much CGI? What is it? Is it the, the acting? I mean, where it can't decide what kind of movie it wants to be. It doesn't know if it wants to be um, this emotional journey for John Connor, where he rises, where he transitions from just a member of the resistance to this almost um, savior figure of humanity. It can't decide if it wants to be that or if it wants to be just this hard boiled war film. And the problem is that the dialogue is is bad. I heard that there was a little bit of
1: stiltiness and occasionally lines that were meant to be. That's the problem man, with sincerity, is that if it's not sincere, right. it rings not just false but hilarious. You know what I watched uh, last night for the first time in a long time? Um, not to be all about uh, start geeking out, but I uh, so you know I have the the Xbox. There's okay. There's the coolest thing. You have an Xbox, right? Yeah. Um, there is the great. Do you have Netflix? Uh, yes. Okay, do you know now that uh, you can just, whatever's in your queue on Netflix, if you have an Xbox, you can just go, go log into Netflix from your Xbox and just watch it immediately? Yeah, if they have a digital copy, yeah.
7: I had no really? idea. Mm-hmm.
1: Last night, okay, here's the thing. So, I was, this sounds like You can a str- actually
7: watch it on your computer for a while and then realize, oh, I got to get up. Oh, I want to finish my in my living room
1: and you bounce. It was the weirdest thing. So, I'm watching Anderson Cooper and they're talking about this Guantanamo Bay thing. And that got me thinking about uh, A Few Good Men, the Aaron Sorkin film. Right. Uh, because, you know, I'm a big Sorkin fan and that takes place at Guantanamo Bay and it's about mistreatment of a Marine, not a, not a prisoner, but it's in Guantanamo Bay. And I was, uh, you know, and i was saying, oh, that's, you know, I got to watch A Few Good Men. And I wonder if that's on TV. And then it occurred to me, I'm like, hey, wait a minute. What about that Xbox 360 Netflix thing? So I turn on my Xbox and there's like a big Netflix button. And I go to the Netflix thing and it says, I'm sorry, the, you know, you, your queue is the following 10 films. You, you know, you can only watch movies in your queue. And I thought, wait a minute. So I just, I get up my laptop. I go to, I log into Netflix. I'm not playing, I'm not trying to plug Netflix or anything. I go to Netflix. I take a few good men and I move it to my Netflix queue, make it number one. Go back to my Xbox. Few Good Men sit Go there on the ahead. screen. I hit play, and it just starts playing on the screen. It was the weirdest thing. I mean, it was just amazing. But, um, but here's the thing about A Few Good Men: the sections of that film that that really, really, really still work are the sections that are that are not the moments you remember. Right. That's largely because Nicholson sucks. But it's it, it, but a lot of it is like the big like the big moments where he punches home the you know, you don't have to wear a medal to have honor, Cafferty. You know? And then you know it's just like those movies where they try to make the big, sincere, you know, weighty statement because when those don't ring totally true, they just backfire like just terribly, and it, just, it undermines the scene. And so that, I heard there's some yeah, of that in Terminator Salvation. There's a
7: lot of that in Terminator Salvation. There's a scene where John Connor is uh, arguing with the leaders of the Resistance that have to hide in the submarine as, like, this mobile base. And Michael Ironside plays the general of the Resistance. So first you kind of see Michael Ironside, and they go, okay, cool, we're going to get some neat, you know, gravelly dialogue, you know, Starship Troopers style, maybe. Right. And it just comes off cheesy. Like, Mm. you can tell that Bale is bored. I mean, even Michael Ironside, you can tell, is wondering, what am I doing in this movie? The question I have watching those trailers is that there's that sequence where it looks for all the world like it's from a Transformers film. Where there's that huge robot
1: that's reaching down and snatching people up and sort of whirling around. It very
7: much is. And that robot does indeed, actually, he doesn't transform, but he morphs into a bigger flying robot. It is taken (laughs) right from Transformers. So not
2: transforming, but morphing? Well, he's kind of,
7: Um. and he plugs into the ship and they, they fly away. I, uh, do, uh, do we have a sound from uh, from Terminator 4? Uh, is this
3: Christian Bale talking about the film, Tim? Yes, he's uh, talking about acting with puppets as opposed to humans. It was kind of comical at times because something that's meant to be so intimidating was
4: actually uh, surrounded by, you know, five guys or with these kind of puppet rods
3: that I had to blank out and, and, and not start laughing at. But the end result is, is something really formidable and, uh, uh, you know, really iconic in uh, movie history.
7: Now, does that square with what you've seen in the film that it's, it's a lot of uh, practical effects? Uh, when he's finally face to face with the T-800, yeah, I think it's a practical effect. Um, And that's really the only time you see a practical effect. And you don't, you you know, for a movie called Terminator, you don't see a lot of Terminators. I mean, when they invade Skynet, you know, attention to all would-be robot overlords. When you've got your one main base, you know the resistance coming for you. Maybe have more than two robots patrolling the entire base. (laughs) And perhaps maybe don't make it so that your robots can be hacked in by a USB 2 plug-in and a 20-year-old Sony cell phone. Well, it was running on
3: Vista. They have to do more with less these days. Yes, (laughs) even,
7: even Skynet. Streamlining. Uh, all right. Just go see Star Trek again. Yeah, you know
2: that's, oh, that's what I want to do. Here's yeah. the thing:
1: no matter what you're considering seeing at the theater, uh, maybe it's good, maybe it's bad. But you know what? You'll never go wrong by just opting to see Star Trek. Yeah. yeah. Um. Don't opt to see Taken with Liam Neeson. Uh. By the way, I saw that last night. That's a that's a thing you should avoid. That's a cool movie, man. I wanted to like that movie so much. Oh, I Don really, Taylor
2: really liked that movie. I wanted. You know.
7: Here's the thing. You know what's great about Taken with Liam Neeson? Liam Neeson. Yeah, I you mean, know it's still in. Th- I mean, it's hit DVD now, but it lingered in theaters for months. I think it ended up breaking like 120 million. Taken. You're yeah, are going to make it, they've already about, They're
1: going to make a sequel to it. They already. I saw Take that it again. <laughs> and you know, it's written by Luke Basson, who I love. And you know, Liam Neeson is a badass. He is completely and totally believable as a guy who will f you up. Uh, it's just that the movie he's in is not very good. It, mm. it, 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 lots of potential,
7: uh, not much realization. It's no though. crank, too. No, well, but what is? <laughs> um so, uh, what else is uh, going at the world of geekinthecity. At geekinthecity. right now we have the new show up where we do we go into even more in depth and Sweather filled reviews of Terminator Salvation, uh, along with some news about a uh, subscription service to get your monthly He Man figures <laughs> sent to you. Wow, which are just these, uh, yeah, they're just because He Man's pushing its thirtieth anniversary uh. the figures. Yeah, that makes you feel old. So, uh, so guess which age group is uh, being asked to shell out twenty bucks a month for reprints of classic He-Man figures? Damn! And are signing up and selling out in minutes. Well, And you know. so, and then the other thing we got coming up is uh, May thirtieth. We are going to have Portland's first ever Left For Dead tournament. Yeah. I like what I'll we're have more oh, wow. details later. About all right, that. I'll be... He just made a
2: McRib his back face. Seriously,
7: <laughs> I, am, I am all over that. That's awesome. We're going to have a big old zombie gaming day event. And I can talk more about that next week, but the, one of the big <laughs> events is the uh, Left for Dead tournament. <laughs> Four TVs hooked up. We're not even going to do the split screen. Oh, sweet. All right. Aaron <laughs> Duran from geekinthecity.com. Thank you, sir. We Thank
1: come you. back. Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen, at the news desk. This is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101. K-U-F-O. Ufo. All right, so uh, those bowling pictures—I haven't posted any yet. Uh, I guess some—I guess some are up on various Facebook uh, pages or whatever. Uh, but I will—I uh, will bite the pajama bullet. That sounds really perverse. Um, you know what I'm talking about. I, but I'll, I'll, put those up at, <laughs> I'll put those up at... I'll put those up at So we want to thank everybody who went to uh, our, our lunch yesterday. There's everybody who bowled on our Sleep Country Pajama Bowl team. Uh, it was uh, John, Jenny, uh, Rob, Mike, and Scott. We're all there, and we went to Henry's. Now it can be told. Uh, now, now, that I, uh, now that I no longer have to go there and sit in my pajamas. So I was there with these Christmas-themed pajama bottoms, and then teddy bear-themed pajama top, and then halfway through... There were some uh, kiss pajama bottoms that were produced, and I had to change and By the way, I had to walk to the bathroom, which could not have been farther away than uh, you know from the table if I had just constructed it that way anyway um, but so we we're, ha- we're there and we're having lunch, and um, the appetizers come, and it 's like onion rings and those, they've, they've those fry things that have the uh, the, the, the melted gouda cheese. All of a sudden, out of somebody, I think it was John, I might be wrong about that, somebody produces the bottle of Secret Aardvark Abanero Hot Sauce.
2: It was indeed John.
1: And you know what? And it was it was fantastic. And it, uh, it just goes with everything. I mean, it goes with everything. Maybe not like cornflakes, but... Who knows how you do it at your house? The thing about Secret Aardvark is it's got flavor, but it's got spice. It's got taste, but it's got heat. So it's not going to overwhelm the natural taste of whatever it is you're eating. It's not going to smother it. You know, some condiments that are made to smother something because it's something you don't like. Secret Aardvark doesn't do that. It augments it. It adds flavor and it adds kick to it. Uh, but it doesn't mask the essential taste of the food. You can find out more at secretardvark.com. It's a Portland recipe, it's a Portland company, and it is fantastic. It'll become the most frequently used condiment and spice in your house. I guarantee it. SecretArdvark.com. SecretArdvark habanero hot sauce. One sauce to rule them all. What's
3: up, traffic? Object in the road. The Banfield Westbound is closed at 181st. We don't know what it is, but all the lanes are closed till they remove this object. Then on the I find both northbound and southbound, the the sun is in people's eyes. It's causing jam-ups everywhere. (laughs) That's traffic on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey. What? Man, Sarah and her Dylans.
7: On
0: Rock 101 KUFO.
1: It is a Rick Emerson show. I'm sorry, I was just distracted by the fact—is that the food that you microwaved like an hour ago?
2: I put it in the microwave, and I'm standing over here drinking coffee, like looking at the KFO website. I'm like, why is my stomach still rumbling? I totally (laughs) forgot to eat. All right. So now it's cold, and I'm eating.
1: Mm, tasty. Mm. It is the Rick Emerson show coming up at 9 o'clock. It is smells like the 90s with our good friend Buzz. It's time to give away our final set of Superman Max Flasher DVDs, 1941-1942. The two-disc collection on DVD. Uh, we will take Caller Town at 503-228-4101, 503 228 4101, more powerful than the pounding surf, Uh, faster than a streak of lightning, The Amazing Stranger from the Planet Krypton, The Man of Steel Krypton, uh, Man of Steel, Superman, rather, featuring 17 action-packed vintage theatrical cartoons on DVD. It's the official release featuring remastered original film elements from the Warner Brothers Vault, the Max Fleischer Superman collection from 1941-42, two discs on DVD to color 10 at 503-228-4101. Ladies and gentlemen, let's pay a visit to the news desk and your personal savior,
3: Tim Riley. In the News with Tim Riley. Good morning, it is 8.45, going to be a Sunday holiday weekend. As a matter of fact, sunshine for the next week or so. Daytime highs in the 70s. Double tragedy first. Somebody's found stabbed to death in Old Town. This at Northwest Davis. Between Nato Parkway and 2nd Avenue, they taped it off, questioning people around there. Somebody gets shot overnight at the 900 block of North Ainsworth Street. The condition of that person is unknown. People have to chill out and go to the Rose Festival, because it does open today, officially at 8 o'clock tonight, the the Waterfront Village at 4.30. From American Idol, we have uh, some uh, fresh sound bites here, people being interviewed, including the winner and the loser, the loser, of course, is Adam Lambert. He's asked if his alleged sexuality may have cost him the American Idol crown.
0: Were you surprised if that's where someone wanted to go?
7: I mean, that's where everybody's been wanting to go. I think that um, I think that keeping everybody um, curious is kind of interesting. You know what I mean? I think that
2: time will tell. Is now, he the gay
1: he is what well, uh, uh, the i i like the the phrase his alleged sexuality um he,
2: he has sexuality as like a, do it you have a penis
1: <laughs> admit it uh, he is the guy that performed with Kiss, and which I yeah. didn't the, see live. He's the
2: pretty one, right? Yeah, he
1: kind of has a Gerard... He has the eyeshadow on it. Oh, okay. He has like a Gerard Way thing going on, but actually he's... He kind of looks
3: like Liza Minnelli. With
1: I was actually going to say... That's the first thing I thought when I saw
3: it. Okay, you got to get out of my head, because ex- that's exactly what I was going to say. Oh, Liza Minnelli's here tonight. Oh, no, it isn't. <laughs> I hadn't watched it. That Adam, was the first time I watched it. A, a sterile Cuckoo's Adam
1: Lambert will be here. Um... That's a two percent joke uh, for the kids out there Married your kids. <laughs> but uh he kind of looks like gerard way from from my chemical romance, but he's actually uh he's actually much better looking Gerard way' is kind of odd looking actually if you take if you look at that guy for any length of time he's got kind of a strangely concave face
2: i think yeah he's kind of attractive but in a this strange way
1: it's, yeah he's he's unconventionally attractive uh whereas Adam Lambert does. He does look like but and he kind of looks like this girl I dated a long time ago, which is sort of weirding me out. So I kind of got to So he's
2: strangely attracted to him and his well,
1: sexuality. His alleged sexuality, Sarah. <laughs> uh, and, he, you know, they have the same kind of thatchy haircut. I wonder if I dated Adam Lambert years ago. No, I don't think that happened. Um, so, but he performed with Kiss, and that's the part that I missed... That everybody was, you know, because I'm not an American uh, idol viewer. It's all over uh, the viewer. YouTube. And, yeah, and so everybody was texting like, OMG, Kiss and Adam Lambert, you American Idol, you it on. So I turned on, I missed, I turned on just in time to see uh, the Rod Stewart come out and fall over dead on the stage, basically. Um, but I watched uh, the Kiss Adam Lambert thing yesterday on YouTube, and really everybody was right when they said it's just, I, I mean, you, uh, like you can't even really judge Kiss at this point the way you would judge any other band because they're just... Because they're just not like any other band. I mean, they're just so much their own thing that they, they, there is no conventional yardstick by which you can judge whether they're tacky or great or awful or sellouts or wonderful or terrible. I mean, it's just so. All I will say is this: at the end, he, this guy, uh, at, at Lambert, at the end of the Kiss thing, did a full-on Steelheart metal whale. He did, yeah, because they ended with, I guess, rock and roll all night, or somebody who said rock medley and roll all night, yeah. but he ended with a, you know, and party every day. It was like a full like steel dragon thing at the end. Um, which was
2: Are you really referencing rock <laughs>
1: Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> also, he was dressed up in what looked to be it was like weird. Was he wearing pleather? It wasn't pleather, but it was like um it was like he was wearing some sort of um bondage gear, but it was all made out of wicker furniture. It was just the strangest thing. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Time for a penis watch. Appropriately enough, here's your penis watch uh for uh Friday on the Take Rick Commercial. Look
4: Church. at my enormous penis. My troubles start to melting away. Bow, bow, I take bow, a look at bow, my enormous penis. Santa, everything is
1: going my
3: way. Bow, bow, Here's Tim Riley with your penis watch for Friday. Police in Washington state said a suspect uses genitals as a puppet while standing over an air conditioner intake at an apartment complex. Sorry, I was choking
1: on uh, something I heard. Police Sorry.
3: report: 44-year-old <laughs> Timothy Wayne Martin. Timothy Wayne. Was arrested after residency in the Arcadia apartment complex in Federal Way. Called the police about 10.30 in the morning, reporting a man standing over an air conditioner intake, wearing only a button flannel shirt, and was apparently manipulating his penis with a string like a puppet. This is from the Seattle P.I. This is a news story. It's from the Seattle P.I.
1: Now we are doing this in the news segment. This is a
2: relevant news story? And you know, Tim there is you. the news
3: director
1: here, mm-hmm. and this is in the public interest, convenience, and necessity.
3: I, I can't sit here the whole morning just talk about objects in the roadway and them people's eyes. We have to do real news. What's his, what's his name? His name is Timothy Wayne Martin. Okay. Police said Martin was arrested at the scene and still had the string attached to his penis. <laughs> Timothy Wayne! You quit your puppetizing! No. He is charged under the state's uh, felony indecent exposure statute due to having two prior convictions, so he's done this before, if not twice. Just,
2: Who wakes it. up in the morning is like, ah, I tie a string to my penis. <laughs> I would show the neighbors what you know, I. Maybe got. he
1: was trying to remember. Maybe he only had one thing to remember that
3: week, and so. So, police said he also had a pornographic magazine. No. No. Okay. He's being held on twenty-five thousand dollars bail. Those of you copycats, think about doing this. Twenty-five thousand dollars is it worth it? To.
1: To, uh, well, this is the Columbia Broadcasting System. Take a look
4: at my enormous penis. And my troubles start a-melting away. Bow, bow, I take bow. a look at my enormous penis. <laughs> and a- everything is going my way. Bow, bow,
1: bow. Well, okay. Uh, we want to take a moment to uh, note that uh, so uh, Monday we will be uh, in absentia or incommunicado or word like that. We're not going to be here Monday. Um, I'm what? not going to speak with anyone.
2: <laughs> I'm going to be so camping in the woods the somewhere.
1: There will be camping somewhere. Tim and I uh, won't be speaking uh, to anybody. Uh, but uh, but you know uh, but I think there'll be uh, so everything starts today. Rose Festival today. Um, ships at some 500
2: point. Song countdown over the weekend. That's
1: what I was going to say. So we're not going to be here Monday, but they'll be. But you will be hearing our voices. Uh, we'll be uh, introducing some of the top 500 songs. It's going to be the 500 uh, greatest songs played in the history of KUFO. That'll be playing all weekend long. Uh, so Saturday, Sunday, Monday, uh, top 500 songs in the history of KUFO. In the meantime, go to uh, KUFO Enter your 62nd Land of the Lost script and uh, the top five scripts next week. Uh, you win passes to the movie and you hear your script performed. So uh, we want to thank senior Radio correspondent Jim Roop, uh, also director Mick G. Terminator Salvation opens today. We want to thank mystery guest Tammy Lynn, also Aaron Geek in the City Duran, uh, and uh, everybody who went to our lunch yesterday. We want to thank. Uh, um uh, John, Jenny, Rob, Mike, and Scott, everybody who went to lunch with us yesterday. Thank uh, all y'all for listening. Be safe. Rick Emerson, do a show produced today. And there, David lovely and Talented. Sarah X. Dillon for Rock 101 and KUFO in the newsroom. Tim Riley on the phones. Greg Nibbler of the Nibblonians. The web mistress. Bridget from upstairs. CBS Radio Portland Marketing guru. Susan, don't F with me. Reynolds, the gatekeeper. Dave's in. Executive producer, Christopher J. Paddock. Next, it smells like the 90s with our good friend, Buzz. It is Friday, May 22nd, 2009, and that is the frequency. Kenneth, be safe. We'll see you on Tuesday. Have a safe weekend. Thanks for listening. Bye.
0: If you do squish it, it does have a a, a reaction. Or it emits a, an acid that can cause like dermatitis to people. Attention, broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.